Welcome to Fire Breathing Kittens, a standalone actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Every episode microplot is a complete adventure with a beginning and an end, and sometimes even a middle, that fits into the overarching macro plot of the whole season. Because they stand sturdily on their own, you can listen to these episodes in any order and skip any you don't enjoy. But I think you'll enjoy this one, so stay tuned. Today, we are joined by Rooney. Hi, everyone. My name is Rooney. I'm a level 13 scribe wizard. I have bouncy red curls and rosy cheeks and emerald green eyes that match the uh, green blouse that I'm wearing. I also have on a rather large coat, uh, especially large since I am rather small. I'm a half elf and half gnome, but it's covered in a whole lot of colorful patches that I sewed on myself. All right, Pugsley. Hello, I'm Pugsley, a level 13 goblin arcane archer. I have green skin, piercing yellow eyes, uh, messy black hair. I'm about three and a half feet tall, and I'll be honest, I'm a little pudgy. I am quite alright at, uh, you know, the bow and arrow, at shooting things. However, I will never admit it. And Gatsby. <sighs> this is the way these things must start always, I suppose. Yes, my name is Gatsby. I am a level 13 tiefling warlock. I am a journalist and a writer with a, an interesting on-again, off-again relationship with the truth in my work. So we'll see how things end up on that front. I am, as always, joined by my faithful micro pig Daisy, who is currently asleep beneath my feet. So no one talk too loudly, otherwise we'll wake her and then we'll regret it. Let me just say that. So let us get on with it, because I think I hear something on the horizon. You are all currently in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall. It is a Thursday afternoon, and it is sparsely populated relative to what it normally is. But those that are there are very engaged with talking to each other about the latest rumors. The biggest topic of discussion are the rumblings of war between the country of Guasso and the nation of Albion, Guasso's, country to the, or Guasso's neighbor to the north. Uh, the latest news is twofold. Uh, first, um, that part, as part of the escalating tensions, Albion has ceased exporting luxury goods to Guasso, including furs, diamonds, fine wine, and marble, and has created a significant scarcity among these items around Nicomoy. Uh, secondly, there is uncertainty as to what Guasso will have the various adventuring guilds do in the lead-up to war. Some say conscription, while others say that you guys will be unaffected. Uh, some of the other guilds, such as the Sunblades and Moody Booksellers, have temporarily shut their doors to escape any compelled service. So, in light of all of that, what are you all doing? I have kicked my feet up and I have um, written letters to the rest of my family to say, nice one, guys. Uh, because I am actually from Albion, so I have no fear of conscription, but I do have a little bit of fear of becoming a prisoner of war. But yeah, these things happen. I've been one before. It's actually quite comfortable, depending on where you go. Hmm. I think in the face of those rumors and knowledge, Rooney is surprisingly just 
unperturbed. She's kind of just like burying herself. She seems to be like in the middle of crafting a scroll, like a spell scroll. And, uh, you know, there's some rumors going around, but it's like she she's not paying attention to it. It's almost kind of like she's forcing herself not to pay attention to it. All right. What about you, Pugsley? Pugsley is likely standing in a corner, especially if there's quite a bit of tall people around. He doesn't want to get too close. You know, being three and a half feet tall, you don't get the greatest um, aromas. However... He is slightly worried because he is very good at the bow. He just doesn't really, he doesn't want to prove it. So he's worried about getting conscripted and then, you know, he doesn't really want to hurt anybody. So he's keeping a low profile. All right. Uh, can everybody give me a perception check? 17 for Gatsby. All right. 12 for Rooney. I don't think I see anything. I got a six. Yes. Uh, so we'll start with Pugsley. Pugsley, you're hanging out in the corner and you just see people wandering around. Uh, not too many people, as we discussed previously. Uh, Rooney, uh, you keep hearing, actually Rooney and Gatsby, you would hear um, there's like a murmuring in the guild hall today. And a lot of guild members keep whispering to each other and then looking at Gatsby suspiciously. And you overhear the words from Albion. And then you, you kind of see a look on their faces that is representative of concern or empathy, but like for Gatsby, not concern for themselves. Like, oh, like what's going to happen to him type of uh, sentiment. And then Gatsby, you alone notice uh, an official looking note above the job board. And it's from Nulasag, and it reads as follows. Uh, Attention FBK guild members. Guild prices have gone up as a result of fewer guilds being open, as well as the embargo. Uh, Guild-sponsored revivification is indefinitely suspended until the current situation is resolved. This may mean less work for the time being. Wait a minute. We had Guild-sponsored revivification? It's when? I think I've he... always been trying to not die on the way as, like, all, on all these different adventures. If I knew I could have died, I would have just sat down and let it happen and let the others take care of it. But no, they don't let us know about these things until it's too late. Oh, I think it was in the fine print of the contract, you know? Uh, that might be it. I never actually signed a contract. Uh, because, you know, I can't leave a paper trail. Because if people find out what my signature is, then there goes a lot of forgeries all of a sudden. Well, why don't you just be able to make new signatures then and just always change it so people are always, you know, kept on their toes? Look, I know you're always here to know that, but you don't need to be smart all the time. You know, I was going to give you something. Oh, no, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're just making me feel a little inadequate. That's all. But no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. And I walk up and just quickly uh, headbutts the wall, leaving two, two horn marks in the wood <laughs> and a little bit of charring. Excellent. I'm sure... Um... As is tradition in the FBK Guildhall, whenever there is a hole punched through the wall or uh, any kind of damage to the building, there's an on-site curator that uh, labels the, um, the offender and the act as if like you're in a museum, like, oh yes, this is when Gatsby headbutted the wall this year on this day. And people can stand in the, the light of your uh, magnificence and go, oh yes, I can try to do something quite 
like that or better perhaps or you know it's it's a very competitive feel and so it's very exciting however if you look to either side of it you will see a long line of previous headbutt marks (laughs) (laughs) wow if only i could leave the imprint of my head in the wall like that Ah, you're more than welcome to try Hmm. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? She's going to just... She, Come on, she'll, smash that uh, head. Smash yeah, that head. Smash, smash that head. <laughs> and she Come just on, like, slams her forehead into the wall trying to make a dense like Gatsby date. I will say um, you definitely hit the wall. There is a reverberation <laughs> since you're unaccustomed to generally physical attack, but in particular attacking with your head. You realize that is not something that uh, you start with, with slamming your head against the wall. You need to build up to something as difficult as that. The, the, the wall is quite hard, and I need you to take um, one damage as you, as you recoil a little bit and go, oh, that was a mistake. Oh, that was a mistake. No, I'm, I'm just going to do this instead, and she'll just wave her hands real quick and cast Firebolt. So now there is a burn in the wall. Uh, very close to where Gatsby's burns are. And she actually, like, will use, will put in multiple firebolts to, like, etch in an R. Nice. So- Pugsley will uh, watch this happening and go, Ah, uh, no. No, that looked like it hurt quite a bit. Um, I'm good. What? You don't even want to try? Hmm. You put an R in the wall right mm-hmm. he will very quickly uh take out an arrow string his bow and put a, a an arrow right in the center of the r right in like the whole spot so the fire breathing kitten curator of the guild uh, her name is sinestra and so she uh is quickly taking notes of who is doing what and uh what she needs to type up or i guess in a world that perhaps lacks typewriters, uh, calligraphy up to make sure that everything is labeled properly. She's like, can, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, can, you, can you give me your name? Me? Uh, all, all three of you. Oh, I'm Pugsley Ockapi. That's Ock Okay, and you? I'm, Ro- I'm Rooney, Rooney Evanara. And Gatsby, I know, he does this all the time. Good one, Gatsby. <laughs> close to breaking I'm the a- record. Well, yes. What is it? The, the record of uh, number of headbutts, yes. The record of um, concussions, also yes. <laughs> but, but the good news is that my my quill writes perfectly fine, and he just starts taking a, a couple of little notes down. And if you were to peek your head over his shoulder, you would see him writing, "Easy to manipulate. Check, check. Wonderful." <laughs> I will not be looking at anybody's shoulders because I'm probably just looking at your knees. Hmm. You said your name was Pugsley? Pugsley, yes. Oh, well, it's nice to meet you. I'm Rooney. I was actually just working on uh, crafting a spell scroll, and I think this one might actually suit you well. And she'll reach into, you know, the pocket of her cloak and uh, she hands over a spell scroll of enlarge slash reduce that she made. How? For me? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, 
you're a little short and I figure maybe sometimes you wanna be a little tall. So, you know, you can use that once and, and see what it's like. Or, you know, you can make yourself smaller and see what it's like to be a mouse. That could also be cool. That's very nice. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. As this exchange is happening, uh, a door opens. The main door to the guild hall opens. And a man enters. He's dressed, he's dressed in uh, polished brown leather armor with a white stripe that's going down outside each sleeve, like from the shoulder to the wrist. And he's also wearing uh, matching pants with a similar stripe on the outside of each leg. And uh, so brown with white stripes. Um, he looks around, sees the three of you because you're closest to the door and approaches and says, pardon me, are you adventurers? Well, that uh, depends on the price. Uh, no, it doesn't. Yes, we are. It, it totally depends on the price. Oh, if uh, someone says, look, I want to give you like a copper piece, go and kill this dragon, I'd be saying on your bike, mister. But if they're like, I will give you a thousand gold pieces, go and kill this dragon, I would also tell him to go and do one because it's a dragon. <laughs> uh, I don't think we're going to do anything like that. But uh, let me get the boss. Hold on. Uh, I need some adventurers. My boss is looking for some. Uh, give me one moment. And so he walks out of the guild hall and uh, he, he comes back in with, uh, there's him, a guy that's dressed very similarly to him. And then there's a, a larger gentleman that's dressed in this very, uh, very well-crafted tan uh, business suit, like a three-piece suit uh, with a lot of accoutrement, a lot of uh, a, a beautiful rings and a, a necklace. Uh, he's wearing glasses and a, a, a fine derby. And he comes up and says, oh, are these the adventurers? And uh, the guy says, yeah, yeah, th these are them, boss. And so... He comes to you, impeccably dressed, and there's a slight limp. He's got a gold cane that he's walking on, and he walks up to you. And uh, he asks if he can sit with you at a table to discuss business. One moment, I must uh, confer with my associates. Uh, oh yes, very good. Go right ahead. So I, I take the other two into a huddle and say, Okay, you two, important question. Did you understand a word this person just said? No. Yes? Oh? No. Okay, good. Me neither. So what, what do we think they're here for? Are they like um, traveling circus people? I mean, look at the stripes. I, I mean, they're obviously here to get a job done, right? Some rich guy said he needs adventure. Did you guys really not understand what he said? Oh, no, the accent was impenetrable. Oh, I just actually wasn't really paying attention. Um, um, I'll be honest. No, no, that's oh. that, that's fair enough. You are much lower to the ground. There's a lot more, like, foot noise. Yes, I can hear everybody's footsteps. That's all I heard was, he has a cane, too, <laughs> so it was, doo-doo-tink, doo-doo-tink. Huh. Well, I mean, I understood him fine, so I guess oh, I'll well, be look the translator. Oh, miss, I understood what uh, someone said to me. Yes, I am rather special, Gatsby. Well, not to worry. If you can't understand him and if you can't hear him, I will translate. Basically, they just wanted to find some adventurers for something. And you said, Gatsby, that you wanted lots of money. These people look pretty rich. So I think we'll probably get something pretty good from them. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. Um, would you like to uh, invite them over to uh, a table and we can... Uh 
Well, you can chat to them, and uh, me and Puck, we will sit by and look menacing. How does that sound? Mm, I, I think that's a good plan. And so Rooney will turn back to them and kind of just like step forward to, you know, act as like the representative. And she says, we'll be happy to speak with you. Please follow me. Oh, delightful. And, yes. Yep. And she'll just lead them to a booth. All right. So you make your way to the, a corner booth. Uh, his The two guys that are with him that are dressed similarly, they're kind of, they were flanking him, but now they're, they're sitting to the side while he joins you in the booth. And he, he speaks to you. He goes, uh, uh, yes, hello. Uh, my name, you probably already know who I am, but I'm Improbus Shackleford, and I'm head of the local Baker's Guild here in Nicomoy. Um, I have, of course, my desire is to be the head of the entire Guasso Baker's Guild, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, I have a bit of a problem, and my usual... Uh, I have a retainer with the Sunblades, but as you can see, they're not available. So I not really interacted with you uh, fire-breathing kittens, um, but perhaps you can help me. You see, there is a man, his name is Felix. Felix, I believe, Padero. And um, he threatens our organization, not with violence or anything like that, but, see, we have, um, to become a member of the guild, you must... You must undergo quite a lot of training. Uh, we have a special academy such that um, those with talent can be taught and refined and honed until they are the best in the field. And so we have official bakers all around town. I'd say seven in Nicomoy alone, which is higher than most cities in the nation. Um, the problem becomes is this Felix is posing as an official baker. Now, I'm not sure how they do things outside of Nicomoy, but that is a title reserved only for those qualified to make the very best. And he is, uh, he's attracting quite a crowd. He's attracting uh, several people who, who enjoy his, what I can only imagine to be lesser quality goods at uh, far lower prices. Um, when you become a member of the guild, we, we as a group um, set the prices of whatever the finest breads or pastries, tarts, cakes, uh, they're set. But this gentleman is, is going rogue, if you will. And from what I understand, he's selling at probably one third of what we offer. Now, as you can imagine, people are flocking because although their quality probably is not as good, uh, the price is very attractive. And so many of our bakers are losing business and what this means for the future of the guild is, could be dangerous. Uh, I ask of you a very simple thing. I would like you to go speak with him and either have him join the guild so he can be part of our organization, perhaps get enhanced training. Uh, but of course, for the integrity of the guild and, and supporting the academy and, and whatnot, or and this is why I come to you specifically, convince him to cease his uh, meddlesome operation. Would you be able to help? Hmm. Let me confer with my associates. Oh, yes, of course. What do you guys think? I think there are a lot of potential for baked goods in this, so I'm down. Well, my, my initial thought was he speaks a lot. My second initial thought 
because as we know, we are allowed two initial thoughts, is that I see an investment opportunity more than anything. Say if this guy, you know, is making quite a lot of uh, business, how about we just get in on that and then drive these guys out of business for fundies and then uh, we can get quite a lot of little monies on the side. Pugsley will say, and I'm going to state that he is on his knees on the bench because he's not tall enough to sit on his butt and look over the table. Um, I heard that there was um, baked goods. Oh, I didn't quite understand exactly what he was talking about with the union um, at all. And I did not understand a word that Gatsby said. I'm sorry. Oh, it, it's okay, Pugsley. You'll get used to all the accents. There are quite a lot, lot of them here in Nicomoy. But basically, this guy is the head of the Baker's Guild here. And they set prices and have particular training that you have to go to in order to be a baker here in Nicomoy. But then this guy, Felix, just kind of comes in and does his own thing. And that's basically upending the system that they've built here. Oh, it's like busking downtown. I busk yeah. to make some coin. Then another guy comes in and he's like, I'm going to busk better than you. And then we got to, you know, deal with it. I get this guy. Yeah. So basically, he just wants to take out the competition. But I did notice he said that he assumes that the goods are not as good of quality as his guild. What if they are or better? I think we need to do some research, too. I... Get as many baked goods across Nicomoy as possible and taste test them before we go and talk to this guy. I smell a baking contest. Well, I, I would just like to say thank you, both of you. Now I'm very hungry. He overhears, so Improbus hears Gatsby mention he's hungry. And he goes, oh, uh, I can assist you. Uh, crumb, please, the tray. And so one of the gentlemen uh, in the, the leather armor comes in and presents this tray of uh, steaming, fresh, piping hot bread. As um, he hands it to, he puts it on the table in front of Improbus. And Improbus says, uh, this is an example of uh, some of the quality we're able to achieve through our academy and elite training, you see. Uh, here, you are hungry? Have a bite. Uh, take a bite. Uh, as, as you chew. Right in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> That's so rude. Well, he's the one who in interrupted our conversation. Who's the rude one now? I mean, I wanted to try some too, but now I can't because you just bit it in the middle. Uh, means there are others. At this, Not just one. Improbus hears that you wanted to try some too. He goes, oh, don't worry, my lady. Uh, flaky, bring the others. And so he presents a second and third tray, puts them in front of uh, you, Rooney, and you, Pugsley. And it's the same bread, piping hot, very fresh. And uh, he says, please, this uh, uh, observe our quality. Um, excuse he, me. Sorry. Is this um, gluten-free? Absolutely not. A gluten is the foundation of our um, recipes. That's absurd. Why, who would make such a thing as gluten-free bread? Uh, I'm not sure. Just oh, I heard somebody talking about it, and I thought I'd ask, but I'm uh, going to eat it anyway. All right. I, I insist that you do. And so I as will. you take a bite, <laughs> as you take a bite... Uh, it is the most delicious bread you've ever had in your life. It is uh, flaky, warm, slightly crispy on the outside, soft and um, just 
pleasant. It's it's it it lifts your whole day, and I want everybody to assign yourself two temporary hit points after eating this bread. Kind of makes up for the one I lost, uh, giving myself a concussion. Love it. Oh, I feel quite invigorated after that. Of course, yes. I've had the better back home. Uh, you're from Albion, are you not? I, w- I would thank you not to assume where I'm from, just due to my accent, sir. But yes. Oh, sorry. I, ask? I apologize. I, I am trying to make a better habit of not assuming. But uh, yes, Albion is known for their breads, and it's unfortunate that we, some of their ingredients are unable to come across the border thanks to the embargo. Oh, no, I, I, I see it as a good thing, you know. We, we can drive up the prices here so that when uh, we do a lifting embargo of, due to some phony rumors, then we make a lot of money back home and mm. then we can finally add that third swimming pool to our villa that we've been wanting for the last two and a half weeks. He takes in your words vi- with uh, rapturously. He's like, ah, oh, yes, I like the way this, this lad thinks. And so he, he, he whispers to uh, one of the gentlemen that he referred to as Crumb. It's like, yes, write down what he said. That, that could do quite well. Oh, yes. Can I have a copy of that as well? Um, well, does that mean you're willing to take the job? Because if No, it so, means I have no idea what I just said. Oh, well, uh, it's not important. It's a curiosity, none, nothing more. But as far as payment, I don't mean to um, presume that you will be taking the the job um given that there are so few adventurers i i suppose we could probably give you i don't know something like 200,000 gold is that something that would be worth your while i mean it's a bit low for this kind of work and obviously you know with the the, the war on the, the the tidings of war on um mm. you know uh, supply is in very short uh <laughs> supply so um, in these um, trying circumstances, we must, of course, ask that um, half of that is paid in advance in a kind of a non-refundable deposit uh, sort of a way. So then when we do uh, finish the job to your satisfaction, then you pay the other half. But if for whatever reason there are problems down the line, unforeseen difficulties we may come across due to uh, whatever happens, then... You know, we haven't wasted our time, and you haven't wasted all of your gold. Uh, go ahead and roll a persuasion check. Gladly. Uh, that would be a 27. Oh, good grief. Wow. He, uh, he listens to what you're saying, and he goes, Yes, that's, that sounds reasonable. I could, I can agree to that. Um, Flaky, uh, get the gold. And so um, one of the gentlemen steps outside briefly. He comes inside with uh, this pretty hefty chest, and he's struggling because it's it's so heavy. And he brings it to your table, and he drops it with a thunk, and you hear a clatter of of metal coins inside. And he goes, uh, I believe that should be... We don't have chests in denominations of... Um, what was it we agreed to? A hundred thousand? Twenty thousand? I don't know. My relationship with money is rather loose, uh, but this should be sufficient. If you'd like to count it, you may. Um, so we have a deal then? Oh, yes, sure. Um, I, I will call over our um, leprechaun accountant. Say, I, I pour the, the gold onto the floor and go, get counting. Get right. counting, Sebastian. Sebastian looks at you and he's like, oh boy, more. 
more gold to count. This is so exciting. And so he's, um, he's just, this is the moment he's been dreaming of. He waits for moments like this. And especially when it's gold currency, he's just over the moon and he's just counting and counting and counting. And after about, um, two and a half minutes, he turns to you, Gatsby and says, well, it seems that we have about, um, 107,204 gold. Yes, I believe that will do. Um, would you be so kind as to take that enormous... Actually, no. Um, could you go and take that chest down to the bank and then just come back with a, a a paper money order of the same amount? Actually, no. Just just wind it down back to the, that 100,000. Leave the 7,000 in my account. Uh, how about we split that into all three of ours accounts? Okay, bring back three checks of... Equal amounts, you know, taking off that, um, like seven thousand. Um, so we we'll get um, uh, thirty three thousand ish. Well, yes. Thank but- you, Gatsby. Thank you, Sebastian. Oh, no problem, Rooney. You know, ju- just so it makes it easier to carry around. Because let's face it, who can carry a, a third of a chest full of gold around? It makes <laughs> absolutely no sense. Uh. As you say that, he tries to lift it himself, but he is unable to do so. So he calls some of the the beefier adventurers to help him. And so they they carry it to the back because they have a daily drop at the bank. What you're requesting is not uncommon. And so he takes it to the back in preparation for uh, process. But he hands each of you a receipt for what you should expect to receive. And it should be uh, 33,333 gold Except for um, Gatsby, since he was doing most of the talking, he gets that extra gold. So he gets 33,334 gold. And then the remainder uh, is just kind of put on hold for now. So uh, thank you very much. Um, you can find uh, this Felix at uh, his his new bakery. I, well, he's been there for a long time, but he's re- revamped it over the past few months, you see. He used to be um, in charge of collecting... All the old bread around town and processing it so that uh, it could be fed, the, the crusty, stale bread could be fed to prisoners in the Guasso uh, countryside. Um, but he seems to have ceased that operation in, in favor of this new baking initiative. Uh, so you can find him at his location at 44 East Pearl Street. He said that was East Pearl Street? Sorry, Pearl, as in Pearl. what's in an oyster once it is... Uh, irritated enough to make something beautiful. I see. I see what you mean now, Gatsby, by the accent. I, I didn't quite catch that. It is a bit strange, isn't it? We don't understand it. Maybe it's just, uh, maybe it's, maybe it's not his uh, second, his uh, natural language. It does happen sometimes. People say things in a weird way. <laughs> I appreciate you overlooking my uh, Stop linguistic into our conversations. deficiencies. Well, you're speaking so plainly, it's everyone around can hear you. Well, I... put your fingers in your ears and hum the mm. national anthem of whatever whatever it is country you come from, so I... we can have our conversations in peace. I am a native of Guasso. Then and sing that national anthem. I, I do don't not care. put my fingers in my ears and sully them in the event I need to bake more bread. That is. That is against the code. Or oh, get one of your lackeys to put his fingers in your ears. A crumb, flaky, put your fingers in your ears and sing the anthem for me. And so they, they do immediately. They listen to him and say, very well. Um, once you're completed, uh, find me at the Baker's Guild uh, headquarters and um, we can finalize this transaction. 
Is he now talking, like, really loud because he's got fingers in his ears? No, no, no. Uh, oh, uh, no, sorry. He has his, uh, I guess, guards or servants having their fingers in their ears and singing on his behalf. And he's just speaking to you over their singing so you can hear them. And then uh, as, as they do that, he stands up and prepares to walk away. So if there's anything you want to ask him or tell him, now is the time. Well, I think, I think we've got everything we need. Uh, by the by, DM, what does the National Anthem of Guasso sound like? <laughs> it's an instrumental. And unfortunately, I don't have... Um, so they're humming. There's no real words. And so you just hear a lot of uh, humming. And then some of the uh, more patriotic adventurers in the guild that are from Guasso start kind of clapping and humming along. And then, uh, you know, there's a, a, an impromptu uh, celebration of country, especially with the rumblings of war. People think it's a patriotic anthem. Like, no, we're going to do our best. And so uh, they, uh, Improbus and his two uh, helpers leave to applause in a way, but kind of clapped along with the national anthem, and then uh, they depart. But then you still hear the anthem from the other adventurers in the guild. Well, that was an ordeal, wasn't it? <laughs> I think it was quite beautiful, actually. Yes, but don't you ever think that sometimes our days are just weird? Oh, I've... You know, like, I've got friends who, like, who work full-time on the paper, and they just, like, turn up to work and start writing and then leave again. They don't have people turning up with, like, baked treats and then suddenly it devolves into singing. Well, sometimes it does. But I'm just I saying mean, that our lives are, are strange. True. But that's the fun part of being an adventurer. And now we get to sample all these baked goods. I'm pretty excited about this. You're pretty smart yourself, Gatsby, for getting us some more money. Well, I saw an opportunity and now we have our seed money to invest in the rival business. Mm. And it's not our money. That's thinking. I, I mean, it's basically <laughs> basic investing. Never invest your own money in these sorts of things. Always do someone else's. Well, I don't want to hop on the let's invest in the competition train right away. Because, I don't know, what if the goods aren't actually that good? I think we should go and still conduct some in-depth research and buy baked goods and we can say that we're on a quest from Improbus, so like all the official Baker's Guild bakers here will probably give us the goods for free. And then we can go over to, what, Felix's place. And then actually test it out and see how good of a baker he is. Well, that sounds good to me. Um, does anyone fancy montaging this thing? Oh, I love montages. So uh, some hip music plays... As you go all across town, uh, sometimes you're walking, sometimes via carriage, and sometimes it's uh, like an open-air carriage and you're just waving to people and kind of tossing bread to passers-by in uh, jubilation. And they, they catch it and wave at you and you wave back and you're just taking bites here and there and just, oh, you're just swimming in uh, delight. Everything tastes so wonderful. Um, you're only able to hit three of the bakeries uh, because the other four in town are closed for the day. 
But those three, uh, when they, they find out that you're working for Improbus, they, of course, they give you samples of their wares. Uh, usually they're on the order of like three gold a piece, which is um, higher than like what regular bread would be. But they're official bakers, so they, they're able to jack up the price. Uh, and so you're just having a great time smiling and then all kind of synchronized walking to this hip modern music. I'm I'm just imagining um, us just be like being in one of the carriages, like <laughs> tossing bread into the crowds, and like occasionally, <laughs> like one time we just drive past an orphanage, and Gatsby absolutely beans like a really tough sourdough <laughs> directly into an orphan's head. As you do that, uh, the one orphan uh, falls to falls on his back, but the other orphans see the bread and recognize it for what it is and just kind of dogpile him in an attempt to grab a piece of that bread. Mm. He's a goner. I've As seen this before. <laughs> uh, so uh, Rudy will actually go and reach into one of her pockets and um, she will reach into one that's got a, uh, a, a little cat embroidered on it and she'll pull out from this small pocket a full an actual like black cat and then she'll just whisper go go and cheer up that little kid okay and she will bring it over with like her mage hand and just like plop it next to the kid after all of them have finished like destroying destroying them <laughs> so he he gets up a, a little bit battered because there were so he was mildly trampled but by kids and so he was just covering himself and then as the kids scatter with their piece of bread he's left breadless but then at that moment your your cat comes up and kind of caresses him on the leg as he walks up to him kind of rubs his body against his leg and you can see his spirits lift yeah because now he has a cat to eat <sighs> no gatsby i actually grew up in something of an orphanage like i have a dad but like a lot of the people I grew up with were orphans. They always just need some cheering up, and it can be kind of, you know, aggressive at times. So I'm just glad I could help him out a little bit. I wish he could have gotten the bread that you threw at him, though. Oh, I, I've got the spare one, and I built another one. So you're on a carriage that is traveling away. Can you roll to hit for your throw? Well, what I can do... <laughs> Is see uh, my my faithful micro pig Daisy um, acts as my arcane focus. So if I put a piece of bread in her mouth and I cast Eldritch Blast through her, I can totally. Like t-shirt gun. I yeah. I basically hold her on my shoulder and bazooka a bit of bread straight at the orphan so. because. <laughs> Well, let's let's just have a look. What's my range on um, Eldritch Blast? Oh, 120 feet. I reckon that ought to do the job. Yeah, you're about 50 feet away, so that's no problem at all. Uh, you launch this bread from Daisy, and it hurtles through the air. Uh, this little boy that's caressing the cat uh, kind of is still a little heightened, even though he's getting calmer because of the cat but as a result his head's a bit on a swivel and he he sees the bread out of the corner of his eye he moves slightly and the bread absolutely takes out the cat from his lap <gasps> and no. so what ends up happening is the cat is on his lap the bread hits the cat the cat starts flying but the bread stays right in his lap kind of like one of those uh 
Newton's cradles. Yeah, conservation of momentum. <laughs> right. And so apparently the bread weighed exactly as much as the cat. The cat goes flying with a... And uh, he's like, wow, a whole thing of bread for me. And so... Uh, or, or, or he's like, how did this cat turn into bread? <laughs> it happens so quickly. He's like, I guess this was a gift from the cat. And so he, he hesitantly takes a bite and his, his eyes just get real big because it's delicious. And he's like, cat or not, I'm eating this. And he kind of gets up, huddles it to him and runs to his, uh, the, the main room so he can start eating his bread. And for the rest of his life, whenever he looks at a cat, he thinks, maybe, maybe it's really good bread. <laughs> if in a couple of years we have to deal with a, a load of cat disappearances. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep a book. We'll uh, know why. Yeah. This so, we'll, so we'll make a note of this for right. like three years time. <laughs> Pugsley will lean over to uh, Gatsby and be like, you know, cats never forget, right? I'd watch your back. They're sneaky. I thought that was elephants. It's almost the same. They're like descendants or cousins or something. That's good enough for me. I'm no, I'm no uh, biologist. But, 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 what? Sorry. Oh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I do not write biographies. Oh, biography. I understand. Yes, I'm no biologist. Therefore, I do not write biographies. Um, so how would I know about the history of the relationship between elephants and cats? History? Like, are we talking snakes now? Well, I don't know. Um, possibly, possibly depends. Well, once again, I said I know nothing about animals. Neither do I. Except for squirrels. Squirrels are pure evil. Oh, yeah, well, obviously. Uh, have you have you seen them? No. My worst enemy. Yes, well, my, my worst enemy is um, libel cases. <laughs> it's a bit less, um, you know, less uh, less physical than a, than a squirrel, but uh, equally as frightening, especially if you get sued as much as I do. At this point, Rooney's just kind of like leaned back in, in the chair of the carriage and she pulls out from another pocket with a cup on it, just like a mug of frothy ale. She's just like sipping it looking over the top just thinking like hmm so these are the people i'm working with today okay that's fine <laughs> so as you um are kind of discussing various topics of conversation uh the carriage is pulling toward i and this is an assumption that you correct me if i'm wrong it's it's pulling toward felix's shop on 44 east pearl is that correct mm-hmm well, I, I should hope so. That's the instructions we gave the horses. But right. I'm not sure if they understand common, so who knows? Oh, they do. They're very um, educated. <laughs> and so as you pull up to 44 East Pearl, you hear the horses, Well, Gatsby, we're here. <laughs> who said that? It's me, your driver. Oh, my God. Oh, I think it was the horse. Um, of course it was me. Um... Monsieur Horse, um, do, do you know much about the relationship between elephants and cats? Well, it's a complicated history, actually. Oh. Um, so we can so snakes do have something to do with it, Parkley. You are right. I'm always right. In a weird, weird way. Somehow, always correct. Well, that's, that's good to know. Um, I will take you with me next time we go and do the lottery. Numbers, not so much. 
Oh, we. I'm sure we can sort something out. Uh, we can pick our numbers and then some find find some elaborate way to rig the system. So then you are correct. I tell you what, if you were to throw a deck of cards in the air, I could shoot a straight line, and whatever cards attached to the arrow or are pierced by the arrow, those are the ones we're betting on. Okay, should we do that now, or do you want to wait until we we? <laughs> Oh, look, the bakery's open. Let's go, guys. <laughs> so as I you... I guess we got to do it later, then. As you approach the bakery, um, you see a bustling business with customers of all types, and you look up to see what appears to be like a brand new sign in flowing blue letters, and it reads, Bread, Broth, and Beyond. DM just oh my god <laughs> on point. I was waiting for like another a, a Twinkie uh, henchman to come out of there, but oh no, you just see a bunch of um, random people, like citizens of the town uh, of all races, all ages, kind of going in and out. It's very busy, but you can see that it's near closing time. Well, he, they probably won't have their best pieces of baked goods, but. I don't know. Maybe they'll have a couple of things we can go and sample before we try and find this Felix person. No, but at the end of the day is so nice because you get them for cheaper. That's true. I kind of wonder what their prices are like. If Felix is supposed to be selling these cheap already, then I wonder what the end of day clearance prices are. Well, I guess uh, we we need to just wait in this queue and uh, find out unless anyone fancies pulling some scheme to get to the front of the line quicker so we're gonna wait in like a big line right there's quite a few people um it's not it's not quite organized that way so you walk into the sh you can walk into the shop and it's an open space with various shelves of different types of bread and it's kind of hodgepodge it's not organized in any particular fashion it's just like donuts next to cakes next to bread and it's it's all in disarray however it's all available and people just kind of take tongs put it in a bag or a tray and they take it to the front and that's where the line is. So you can walk around and peruse, but you don't necessarily have to be in line just yet. Do you choose to enter? I assume. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what does it, sorry, DM, no, no. what does it smell like? Like what's the smell? Is it, does it smell like fresh baked goods or oh, yeah. kind of just like stale? Okay. Well, there's a combination, right? Because, uh, the primary smell that you smell is this similar, almost exactly like the smell of the bread you had earlier. Very fragrant, very um, saliva-inducing. It's just, it, it's delightful. But there are so many different people of different uh, status, uh, rich people, poor people, different races, different uh, hygiene levels. And so there's kind of a stale sweat smell also as they rush in to try and grab some of the end of day um, sale. Okay. Pugsley will reach into his pocket and pull out a wooden clothesline clip and put it on his nose. <laughs> That's very handy. When you're three feet tall, it is indeed. <laughs> so as you walk in, um, you, hear, you see a man in an apron. He's, um, I'd say approximately five foot eight, uh, dressed in all black. Uh, with a white apron. He's got about shoulder length hair, but you can tell it's tied into a ponytail. Uh, a very crisp uh, goatee. 
and he sees you and then he says, uh, or not just to you, but he announces to the store. He's like, okay, everyone, uh, I'm afraid we have reached closing time. Please finalize your purchases and come make your way to the exit. Uh, thank you so much for honoring me with your patronage. I look forward to serving you again tomorrow. Hmm. I cannot actually see above the counter, so I really can't see. I'm going to have to ask for Gatsby or Rooney's... Um, why? why what sort of selection do we have? Hmm. Well, let me see. Let me just give you a quick boost there, Pugsley. And uh, she will bend down and kind of just like pick you up, sack of potatoes style. She's got like a decent strength. So, you know, I could probably hold you for like a, a little bit so you can like look at everything available. And what do I see, DM? Uh, you see uh, various... Uh, display cases, a simple counter, and there's an amalgam of various baked goods, like I mentioned before. Donuts, breads, cakes, tarts, muffins. No particular order, just kind of randomly next to each other. Uh, you do see a general price. It says everything one gold, but then below that it says uh, after 3 p.m. everything one silver. Do they have lemon tarts? Um, you see two, actually roll a perception check. We'll see if you see it. And add advantage if you want, since uh, you have a boost. All right. So, ten. Uh, you see one lemon tart, but or what you think is a lemon tart, hiding behind uh, a very elegantly um, decorated tiramisu. Oh, tiramisu. I'll buy the lemon tart. All right. Uh, you put it on the tray, and you get in line. Is Rooney still holding you? Uh, real quick, Pugsley, grab me that tiramisu. And I will grab it for... All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And she'll just put Pugsley back down. Thank you uh, so, so much. Sorry. Oh, no problem. No, that's, uh, there's always time for manners. No problem, Pugsley. Um, so you're making your way through the line. Everybody's just excited to, to get the stuff. You get to the front, and you see the man that spoke earlier, and he's like, uh, Yes, uh, I see you have two items. Are you sure that is all that you want? Gatsby, do you want anything? Uh, give me, just give, give me one second. Um, Gatsby is uh, quietly swearing under his breath as he tries to extricate Daisy from a, a big bowl of cheese twists <laughs> that she somehow <laughs> managed to get herself into. And um, if, if you were to look any, any closer, because it's kind of off in, into one of the corners, you would see a load of like... Um, short about like two foot long tentacles just grabbing cheese twists and <laughs> throwing them into her open maw. But he's like, like, Daisy, come on, no. we ate You ate a whole cat earlier. Come on, stop it. Uh, look, I will grab you something later, okay? We, we, you, we, we can make a scene, all right? That's only... So she eventually relents and I, I grab um, about, about 10 to 12 cheese twists. All right. Uh, he brings you up. He says, uh, yes, that would be, since you are purchasing more than a dozen of uh, my items, you may have them for either one gold or ten silver, whichever denomination you prefer. Uh, I would probably say one gold, but it's nice to know the exchange rate. Ah, yes, it is my pleasure. And so he uh, takes the gold and gives you a a quick receipt and says, thank you so much. I I believe you are new. I uh, have many customers and try to remember many faces. I have not seen the three of you before. Oh no, uh, we are we are just um, humble visiting um, investors, just investigating and investing. Oh, write that down. That's catchy. 
Uh, we are just having a look around to see where we can put our vast supplies of gold and I uh, lazily wave my uh, order for 33,000 gold around. We, ha- we have uh, too much money and we would really like to know, you know, if uh, how your business model works just to see if, if we can help you oh, in the um, long run, you know? That is quite a discussion. How about, uh, let me close up, and then we can discuss business. I'm curious what you have to offer, and I would be more than happy to tell you about my process. Um, would that be all right with you? Oh, yes, that sounds absolutely fine to me. Daisy, get out of there! So, um, he, he asks you to have a seat, and then he's, like, cleaning the counters. All the other customers uh, fan out. He turns the sign from open to closed, uh, he's sweeping a little bit, and he, as he's sweeping, he says, So, uh, you said you are investors, um, and you want to know about my business, is that correct? I believe that is what I said, yes. Very well. Um, so, I used to be in the business of uh, accumulating stale bread from various bakery shops, but it has always been my dream to be a baker myself. Um, unfortunately, I had tried to apply uh, to the Academy of the Baker's Guild, Seven times, and seven times I was rejected. Um, I did not appreciate the way they treated me, and I decided to make a difference. I decided to make a change. And so what I do now, while studying on my own, of course, is um, learning how to recreate some of the best products in uh, Nikimoy. Uh, and now, as a, a kind, maybe not so kind, attempt at competition with uh, those that scorned me. I purposefully undercut their prices so everyone comes to me. It is simple business. It is not personal, although perhaps a little personal. Hmm. So why were you rejected so many times? That is a painful story, unfortunately. He, my father was a baker, and he brought joy to so many people, and I wanted to do the same. So I applied to the academy, but I was laughed at. They said my technique was horrible and my my talent was uh, was not even there. I, I know I've studied and observed my father for years and I, I know I can do it, but they, I don't know if they have something against me personally or, or just, I, I cannot explain it, but they reject me, they laugh at me every time. Hmm. So they wouldn't even let you take their entrance exam or anything like that? There is an application that I did uh, submit. You have to uh, have a baked good. You submit it to them. But every time I was rejected, they said, quote, my bread tasted like ash. Oh. End quote. I will, I will take a bite of the tiramisu. How does it taste? It is the perfect balance of, of sweet and, um, like, it's not too sweet, but it, it's very flavorful. The, the, the coffee flavor penetrates through but isn't uh, overpowering. And it's just this, it's like the perfect thing at the end of a long day. And you're just like, wow, even though you've had all that bread from all those other bakeries, this really is as good. Hmm. Um, Gatsby, if you don't mind just talking more about the, uh, you know, investing opportunities, I'm going to take a look around the shop. If, if you don't mind, um, sir. Um, Sure. I would ask that you limit it to this front room. I have a lot of uh, equipment and ingredients in the back. I want to make sure it is sanitary. Of course. Um, And then Rooney will actually 
starts to ritually cast detect magic. Oh, okay. And especially like just kind of like sit by the counter, like the cash register, so that she's like still in the front of the store, but will also in that 30 foot radius of detect magic, we'll be able to see if there's anything in the back that okay. would ping anything. So 30 foot. And that's like, is that 10 minutes to cast ritually? Yeah, it is. So I don't know if that's something where it's like she needs to sit down and do it or if she can just like, you know, walk through the counters and, and things like that. Either way you want to do it is fine. Like if you're walking through the store, you can, it'll just sound like you're mumbling to yourself and you're moving your hands around like you're interested in what you see. Or you mm -hmm. can sit down and just kind of do the same thing. But uh, yeah, we can we can do that. But while you're doing that for 10 minutes, what are uh, Pugsley and Gatsby doing? Well, I imagine we'd spilled something, like a drink or something. <laughs> uh, it's gone all over Pugsley's head, so we have to uh, clean him up a little bit and uh, put his hair back the way it is. And um, just, I, I also think that maybe the... Um, the proprietor thinks Pugsley is a child, so he like offers to get like a children's menu and everything, and then we have to explain that Pugsley is no, not a child, is just small, so there's a little bit of awkwardness in that regard, but I think we iron it out in the end, and we can actually start talking about uh, the proper investment opportunities, which I'm sure Gatsby knows about that the player does not, so we will not go too much into specifics on that front. All right. Pugsley, are you all right with... Uh how you've been treated, or would you like to respond to the proprietor for uh, insulting you? No, Pugsley is just quietly, in his mind, sad that he's very, very much so wanting to use the scroll that uh, Rooney so graciously gave him earlier, but he will not because he does not want to cause too much of a ruckus. Um, so he is just going to go and sort of follow Rooney around and just be a bit in his head. All right. So as you two are walking around and she's casting detect magic, uh, Felix discusses with Gatsby kind of what his vision is. And it's primarily trying to um, undo the power of the, the Baker's Guild. Like he's trying to purposefully undersell and he, he he's confident like, uh, yes, I, I believe I can sell as good as bread as they do. Any any pastry they come up with, I can do the same. And uh, eventually, when they, are, when they are out of business, my work will be done. I will be known as the finest baker in Nicomoy, and I can step down and pursue other interests. Wait, hang on a second. Yes? So, no, I'm, I'm just thinking about the, the longevity of this project. Uh, if you were, you know, say your, your end goal is actually more to just put them out of business... And then you'll just like close up shop and then there's no bakeries in Nicomoy at all? Well, I haven't thought all the way through, to be honest with you. My goal is to outdo them. Um, eventually, if I am very successful, I imagine they will all go out of business. And after that, my work will have been accomplished. I suppose I can continue my, my work as a baker, perhaps even hire some of them uh, to bake for me. And then... Uh, we can continue in that capacity, I suppose. Okay, that's 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 okay. I just wanted, you know, to make sure that you know, investment is like a long-term thing. So if you just uh, wanted to hop out just as soon as your mission, main mission was accomplished, then it wouldn't make financial sense for us to uh, dump all this money into you if you're just going to run off at the earliest convenience. You understand? 
Ah, yes, I completely understand. I am dabbling in... So, uh, my business not only deals with baked goods, but I have been making broth a family recipe for uh, generations. I have not made it for generations, but it is a generations-old recipe. Uh, That is actually what is fed to the prisoners of Guasso as well, uh, with high acclaim, I might add. Uh, But I'm also extending my business into um, a sort of fix-it shop, if you will. Uh, Repair, small items, things like that. I I would like to expand the business so it is convenient for my customers. Ah, so it fulfills the beyond capacity of your... Uh, correct, yes. I, I suppose, yes, that would be appropriate. Yes, it almost seems as though you came up with the name first and then built the business around that. Well, to be honest, it was just uh, stale bread and broth. And as you can imagine, that is not a very catchy name when you are trying to promote yourself. So I uh, had some test audiences uh, give me feedback on to what would be a better name, and that is what stuck. And as this discussion is happening, uh, Rooney, your magic, your casting is complete. And you, um, nothing in the front of the store uh, is detected at all. However, you can, um, actually, can you read the description as far as what it can penetrate? Because I think there's Uh, stone or wood or... Yes. Oh, here. Let me pull it up real quick. It's like the one card I don't have on hand. Oh, sure. No problem. It would also benefit our listening audience. All right. Detect magic. For the duration, you can sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. Um, If you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn its school of magic. It can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Okay, so the walls are stone, but they're not very thick. And what you can detect is there is, because of the distance and the the barriers, there is a faint glow coming from the back. Mm. And you can tell it would be much stronger had it not been for, like, the walls and everything. Gotcha. Mm, Can I make a perception check to see if there's, like, I don't know, like, openings or vents or something that someone could potentially sneak through? Uh, There is a vent um, in the main area, but it's kind of a vent up through the roof. And then just to to get heat and um, yeah, mostly heat out. And to the back, the only way through is the door. However, uh, Felix is engaged very deeply in a conversation with Gatsby, and his back is to the door. If you can try to sneak if you'd like, or... Okay. You're magical. You can do all kinds of stuff. (laughs) Indeed. So Rooney's going to turn to Pugsley and just kind of like whisper, hey, are you the sneaky kind of person or not so much? Um, yes and no. Hmm. I can be pretty quiet. However, my clothing is not always cooperative. Hmm. Well, what if you were invisible? Do you think you could, like, if you were invisible and, like, if your armor would clatter, if someone, you know, do you think you'd be able to, like, get away real fast so that they wouldn't actually know what, like, caused it? If you pretended to maybe bump something, if that happens, (gasps) you know, of course. Yes. 
Okay, okay. So I sense something magical coming from the back. It's only faint here, but I think it's really strong. Would you be able to go in through that door and take a quick look around, see if you see anything kind of suspect, and then just come back? I'll cast invisibility on you so that, you know, you can move around a little bit more freely. But I don't know. I already said I would only stay in the front of the shop, so I think it'd look kind of weird if I were to go. Yes, he thought I was a child anyway, so he probably is not thinking anything like that I'm useful. So, yes, let's oh, do it. That's so, that's so sad. It's all right. We'll make you useful. I'm used to it. Well, you're going to be useful right now, okay? All right. And Rooney will go and just place her hand on Pugsley's shoulder and cast Greater Invisibility. Uh, which is a fourth level spell. So essentially what it is, oh, no, sorry. No, it is, I think, just regular invisibility. I think in the book I looked it up and it was third level, but I think in actuality it's fourth. Yeah, so just regular invisibility. Um, And so anything you're wearing or carrying is also invisible as long as you keep it on your person. And it ends if you attack or cast a spell. So it's really just like, you know, really just like walk around and try not to get damaged or give damage. And you you should be good. And it lasts for up to one hour as long as I'm concentrating. Hey, guys, um, I need to pause this just for a second. I have a call I need to respond to. But I'll, yeah. be, right, all right. I'll be back. We don't stop recording, right? No, nope. no, just ju- just keep it going. While he does yeah. that, I'm going to run and to the bathroom. Fair enough. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Crisis averted. It's all right. He's, all right. he's just uh, run off to the toilet real quick. Oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. We're running up against the one and a half hour mark in 15 yeah. minutes or so, so I'll find a good break point soon. Yeah, that, that, that's all right. I mean, realistically, all you really need to do is just say, you make your way into the back, and what you see blows your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then end it there. That's a good cliffhanger. Exactly. Head off, and then you can figure out what you actually see. Yeah. Now, a lot of the, uh, not many of the episodes put the break at a cliffhanger, so you could always just do that. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, usually the breaks come at just a bit where you're like, eh, we're about to, uh, like, an hour and a half in. Mm-hmm. Now, important question. Does anyone remember what was going on before the before this quick break? Yes. Um, Pugsley was just made invisible. Well, yeah, you're, you're the one who needs to remember. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah I got it. <laughs> okay, so uh, resuming in three, two, one, we're back. Um, I'll just put that there. For- so Pugsley is invisible, and he sneaks his way through the door while Rooney makes... A diversion, correct? Yes. To kind of hide. Go ahead. There is a problem. All right. I can't see my eyelids. Just close your eyes, and then you can walk freely. I can see that's, through that's, them. Correct. That's normally how it goes. Don't don't worry, Pugsley. Just just act like you normally would. You're still there. You just can't see that you're there. This is very very. Weird. You you got this. All right. And I will sneak through the door. Is it open? Uh, it is cracked, and you can open it, but I'll need you to roll a stealth check. Add advantage, because you're invisible, and 
because uh, Rooney is providing a distraction that would cover the sound of the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Rooney will just kind of like, you know, kind of like the pretend to trips, like, oh, no, and just <laughs> fall into one of the, uh, the, you know, one of the shelves and stuff. So it's like this big clattering sound of, you know, baked goods and shelving. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm such a klutz. It's a 12. And hopefully. A 12. Okay. So as Rooney makes the distraction, uh, Felix turns to give his attention to Rooney, but out of the corner of his eye, sees the door move and is suspicious. And he knows that you're small and you may have gone back there. And so his, his suspicion is up. And so we'll come back to him in just a minute. But what you see, uh, you move toward the back and it's a pretty disheveled area. It's very different from the, the newer portion up front. On the left, you see like a desk with this imbroglio of papers on it and then several bookcases on either side. And on the right, you see rows and rows of bakery shelves like for cooling stuff. But in the middle of the floor, you see uh, what appears to be a dead adult female tabaxi uh, with with uh, clear bloody wounds on her chest and neck. And with that, we will take our break. Uh, joining us today were Gatsby. Well, it's a bad day to be a cat, let me tell you. Pugsley. Um, there's even a bigger problem. And Rooney. Flawless plan, perfectly executed. We'll have info in no time. Bye. Bye-bye. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. This episode's shout-out is from hyphen, capital X, lowercase o, lowercase x, hyphen, who says, quote, After the success of Soul Holiday, Marisha Wallace is back in the studio creating her next full-length album, Marisha Wallace, Unspeakable Joy, Songs of Empowerment, Inspiration, and Hope for a Better Future, Unspeakable Joy, MarishaWallace.com. End quote. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special day? We can wish them a happy message on your behalf. You can arrange for us to read your shout out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find ebooks, paperbacks, and hardcover novels based on our adventures on Amazon.com. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notebook with the Fire Breathing Kittens logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. Lastly, we don't pay to advertise our show, so the only way we can grow is if you tell someone about us. Is there an episode that would make that person smile? Tell them about it. Thank you. Uh, welcome back. So, uh, last we left our adventurers, uh, Pugsley had just entered a room and saw something quite shocking. Uh, would, let me see, Rooney, can you please give a recap of the first part of the adventure? I would be happy to. Seeing as how Gatsby doesn't take notes, I decided to take some myself. Well, I do take notes. They're just 
inaccurate. Then, you know what, never mind. So today, we were all hanging out in the guild hall. We were hearing about some rumors of war with Glosso and Albion, but this really well-dressed person came in. And his name is Improbus Shackleford, who's the head of the uh, Nicomoy Bakers Guild. Apparently, there's been some pretty good competition between the official, you know, like really official bakers of Nicomoy and this one guy named Felix Padero, who we've come to find out has a store named uh, Bread, Broth and Beyond. Apparently, it's really good. Well, Improbus wanted us to actually go and tell him to either join the guild or to convince him to seize and desist. So we, of course, had to do some uh, copious research, trying out all sorts of excellent baked goods just to really have something to compare Felix's stuff to. And so when we came in around closing, it was still pretty busy, but we managed to sample a tiramisu, which was excellent, and then later talked to Felix about potential investing opportunities, but also about, uh, you know, if we could take a look around his shop. And so while Gatsby was distracting him, um, I actually went and did detect magic and could sense something in the back room where Felix actually didn't want us to go. And so Pugsley went and, uh, you know, went inside pretty stealthily and uh, is now, I don't know, Seeing what's behind there. I'm sure it's nothing too serious. Nothing serious at all. And we are caught up. So, um, an invisible Pugsley is in the back room, sees uh, a dead tabaxi female on the floor. Uh, what do you? What would you like to do? Is there a lot of blood? Yes. Uh, however, not pooled around her, mostly on her clothing and body, but suspiciously not around the body is there like any markings or a pentagram um any sort of it does this look like it's a ritual ritualistic thing um i don't think that would require a roll there is no pentagram it's just a random she's in the middle of the floor um i'm gonna slowly back out to the room is there anything else that looks suspicious other than a dead cat lady roll a perception check Perception, not my greatest. Oh, actually, it's a 19. Oh, with a 19, I can tell you that you notice that um, there are no, there's no bakery equipment and no ingredients and no bread. Just the shelves that are empty and then uh, the desk and bookcases and then the body. But you you remember Felix was saying, don't go back there because I've got a lot of ingredients and stuff, but you don't see any of it. All right, it looks perfectly fine like every other bakery. Um, I will slowly back away and head back to Rooney. All right, um, roll a stealth check. Do I still get advantage? Yes, you are invisible. Oh, uh, 24. Okay, no problem. You were able to sneak through. Felix does not notice the door. You're very quiet, and uh, he doesn't notice anything's amiss, although he did kind of feel like he's he's now looking for you somewhere he thinks you're in the front area still but he can't find you i will um tap rooney on the shoulder uh is felix looking at me or anywhere around me he's he's still listening to gatsby 
and they're engaging in conversation, but he's starting to like look under counters and um, kind of he's he's wondering where Pugsley went or what he thinks of was a child. He still thinks, is he a child? Is he not? I'm not sure. I'm going to look for him because he he definitely noticed him initially, but he's not there now. So he needs to find him. Mm-hmm. Pugsley, go to the bathroom. <laughs> um, oh, 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 all right. Just just go walk over to the restrooms. And I'll I'll drop your invisibility in ten seconds. Can I? Do I see where the bathrooms are? Are they back here? Or? Yes, it's pretty obvious there. So as you walk in the main door, they would be immediately on your left, and so you you can just walk toward toward the entrance, hang a right, and then the the bathroom doors are there. All right, I'll go into the bathroom. All right, and then once I see that door open, I'm just going to drop concentration, and Pugsley, you can see yourself again. So he's, you're no longer invisible. All right. And I will come right back out. I'll flush the toilet first. Or nice. wait, I mean, I'll, whatever is required of me in this setting for using the washroom. You successfully do that. And I will walk back to Rooney and I will whisper, there is a body back there and... It doesn't look good. Um, other than that, everything looks fine. But there is a dead person back there. Dead. Completely dead. Oh. Okay. That's not good. Um, I really hope that none of it was in the lemon tart. Oh, no. I ate that tiramisu. Mm-mm. And so okay. I said to the mayor that one evening, um, look, I don't care where you got the wine from. It's not good wine. You've got to sniff it beforehand so then you don't serve me this absolute rubbish. And so the, the mayor gets all sloppy and um, you know, calls <laughs> a couple see. of servants over and um, she drags me off to the gallows and they're like, oh, you Gatsby, you're not allowed to say that sort of thing to the mayor. And I said, well, just watch me. And so I managed to escape the gallows um, during uh, a weird um, confusion where I uh, knocked over a candle and then I kicked a chicken directly at the hangman and uh, I scuppered using my natural talent and um, then I printed up. At some point, you hear in your head, I'm casting message, and you just hear in your head, there's a dead body in the back. And Maybe then I something? found a dead body on the road and it looked very suspicious. But then I paid it no mind and kept running. And hopefully I hoped in my heart of hearts that the people chasing me fell and tripped over it. But I uh, kept going and then I printed it up. And that's how I got sued for the seventh time. Uh, would you like to hear what happened when I got sued for the eighth time? It's a real doozy. So Felix looks at you. He's a little... Um, you're, he's almost, you're talking way beyond him. He's trying to keep up, but he's trying, having a hard time keeping up with the story. He does see Pugsley come out of the bathroom. So he's, his fears are relayed there, but, uh, he's like, uh, yes, I suppose that would be, um, interesting. Um, if you'll excuse me, I need to take some of these, uh, older breads and plates to the back to collect uh, as part of the cleaning process. Do you mind? Oh, no, 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 of course, of course. Um, can can I offer you any assistance? Uh, not my own, of course. Oh, uh, no. Sure. P- Pugsley, uh, come and help uh, take uh, take some of these plates down. You you are too kind, but... Um, <laughs> no one ever a... said that about me. 
I do, I do not think that will be necessary. Actually, roll the persuasion check. Okie doke is uh, uh, 15. Okay, he, he reluctantly agrees. And he's like, okay, um, we will just drop it off on the shelves and we will be done. And then I will be able to close up properly. Uh, please, uh, little one, Pugsley, is that, is that your name? Please help me uh, with these dishes. Absolutely. So, I'd be delighted to. Felix uh, takes the dishes, gives you some of them, and some of the, the older breads that didn't sell. Uh, and there's remarkably few of them because his prices are so good. He, he leads the way, walks to the back. He sees the body, drops all his plates, and starts screaming. He's like, no, no, not a let. I will uh, drop the plates too and go, no, a let. <laughs> Uh, Rooney will immediately go back there, hearing screams, or the shouting at least. You find um, Felix fall to his knees, and he's he's just very emotional. And uh, he 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 goes up to the woman, like he he eventually finds the strength to stand up. He walks over to the woman and just kind of like holds holds her to him closely. And says, "Alet, I cannot believe this was this has happened to you. This is not." This is not the way it should have been. And um, he, he, you can, he, he just starts weeping. Mm. Mm. I'll give um. him a little hug. He, he accepts your hug gladly. And then he remembers that you're there. Like, he forgets that you're there for a second. He's like, wait a minute. You are adventurers, are you not? Yes. I need your help. This, this dead, beautiful woman is a let. She was a customer of mine for many months. She would... She would come in every day at 9 a.m. She would order the same thing, a croissant, and sit sit at the window and look out into the street, watching people. Uh, she, she was a journalist. Uh, she said she liked the view because there was a pet store across the way that had a cockatiel that reminded her of, a, as, of her life as a little girl. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but you must help me. Is there any way you can bring her back? Please. I will do anything. Please bring her back. I know adventurers have, that have died and come back, and there is a way. Can you help me? Mm, I mean, there is a guild service that offers revivification, but I, I don't know if we'd really be able to do that for non-guild members. I, I will pay whatever it takes, please. I, I love this woman, and I was... I never took the time to tell her, and now I fear it is too late. Please... Give me a chance to express my love for this woman. I will do whatever, whatever is necessary. I know exactly how you feel. I lost somebody important to me once, and I was never able to express myself. All I can say is that we could ask, probably. But um, I'm kind of new here, so I'll have to ask my friends. And I don't think I could probably carry her myself. I, I will carry her. That is not a problem. Do you, do you know why this happened? I do not. I, I was suspicious. She came in every day in the morning, and she was not here this morning. I thought it odd, because we've built a very friendly rapport. I miss her. I, I, it was the first time I realized that her not being here made, made a big difference to me. And now, and now she's dead. What? I don't know Meanwhile. who would have done this. So, no, sorry, you... No, I, the, the, he, he's, he just starts sobbing quietly. Uh, meanwhile, from the main area of the, the 
cafe, shop, whatever you want to call it, uh, you hear the door kind of tinkle open and Gatsby uh, saying, I'm sorry, the the place is closed. Um, there's something going on in the back there and it sounds like there's some sort of exposition happening. So unless you can help with the old situation. Oh, it's you. So I didn't recognize you with that thing on your face. But no, no, c- come on in. I'm sure you can help. I'm sure you can help. And then the, the door opens uh, into the main room. Uh, Gatsby, completely unsurprised by the corpse on the floor, uh, says, hey, guys, look who I found. Hi. Who are you guys? What's going on? Who's the body? Why? Oh, yeah. So, uh, quick introductions. Uh, so, uh, Rooney, uh, Pugsley, this is uh, my good friend, uh, Jennifer. Sorry, uh, Jenny. Sorry. Forget, I forget people like to be called things ending in E. You know, it, Rooney, Bugsley, Jenny. It, oh, it, crap, it's fine. Gatsby, it happened to me too. No. You, you no. always make crap up anyway, so I'm used to it. Oh, that, that is very true. Yes, uh, also as there is a corpse on the floor. I've not learned her name yet, but I'm sure we'll get very well acquainted. Um, hang on one second. Would you like me to just to quickly gust... Um, I mean, this this seems a sort of situation where um, there there may be some sort of mystery going on, and we'd like to know the um, identity of the murderer. Is that you know the sort of vibe I'm I'm getting off this? Yeah, well, it's no. not me. Oh, uh, uh, hi, Jenny. Is Gatsby always like this? Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> okay. You get used to it after a while. You say that. And I wonder if that's true for everybody. Well, don't she... worry, but hey, there's a, there's a reason I've been sued. How many times now? I don't even know how many times I've been sued now, but uh, I was just going to say, if you want, I can always just cast Speak With Dead and we can shortcut some of the usual adventure drops in this. Oh, I mean, that would be very useful. That doesn't really help with you know, reviving this person, but we can at least well, get some no, info. But yeah, I mean, it stops it happening again, maybe. All right. There's it's- businesses that'll bring her back to life. Don't even worry about that. And uh, at that, Felix perks up and says, where are these businesses? Please, please, Jenny. I, my name is Felix Padero. This is... Hi. This is the love of my life, Alette. Hi, dead person. It, where can we go to revive her? Oh, the temple right down the street. Can we go there, adventurers? I think Gatsby wants to make the dead person talk first. Because the sooner well, we I get can, to I the can murderer... Do more than that. I, can ma- I can make her sing if you really really want me to. Oh, can you? No. Oh, yes. Um... Uh, I feel like that's a little disrespectful. What about just the questions <laughs> instead? On, on, only a little bit. It's fine. I've yeah, done no. much worse <laughs> with that before, this spell before. Sing and answers. That's what we want. Wow. It's okay. It's just a it's just a slightly different version of the wording, and um, it forces uh, the the corpse to like speaking rhymes. So well, I find it quite you know because like some spells are just a bit boring, aren't they? So like if you add these little twists to them, then it can make things a bit more interesting for you. Because like if you have to, you know, talk to like a load of corpses, which usually I do in my my line of work, sometimes it just makes it a little bit more fun. If I get to speak to them and they have to speak in like rhyming couplets. 
Plus, the spell requires Gatsby to operate the corpse like a puppet, so it's entertaining oh, that, in that. There's that too. Yes, they have to sit well. on my knee. Um, I've got uh, where is it? I've got a very blood-stained blanket, so, so I, I will I will just sit on this chair here. Uh, if you could do it, drape the corpse over me, and we will get started. So um, Jimmy drapes it over him. Felix is uh, he's uncertain with the singing part, but he's like, well, if that is part of the spell, I understand. But he is very against you manipulating her physically it's like there must be another way can you do it from a distance do you must you touch her well i mean i mean a little bit yes i mean it's it's very above board don't worry about it on we, that front it's we, just a case of you know the 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 lung the body has to be positioned in a certain way have you ever tried talking while lying on your back it's a lot of work think about a dead person they don't have any air in their lungs very well i well, con- I concede to your experience, please. Anyway, righty-dorty, let's go, everybody. So can you describe the spell that you're casting? Yes, well, well uh, mechanically or just in-universe? Um, yeah, mechanically. Just, you don't have to be in character, but just like for the listeners, what, what does Speak to the Dead require? How long does it last? Uh, what are you able to do? Okay, so um, I can uh, do this at will if i should so choose because i've got eldritch whatnots going on uh this lasts for 10 minutes it takes one action to do so six seconds um and i basically just reanimate it slightly just so it can answer five up to five questions um the and that's more kind of the important thing okay so it doesn't come back to life. That's the important thing to bear in mind. But we just reanimate it like a puppet. And so are you, is it only you that hears the answer or will oh, everybody? Oh, no, it's, a, it's everyone. It's, okay, cool. That's how we put together the undead choir. That's right. All right. Uh, just four more bodies. Just four more. Well, statistically, one in five can't sing. Yeah, that so was you proven. Take, yeah, so you take a sixth one. Yeah. So you cast the spell and... Um, Felix is still very nervous about the whole instance, and, he, and he's hoping, like, after this, we need to revive her. We need to revive her. And so a, a glow appears around the corpse of Alette, and then uh, you see her open her eyes, and they glow. It, it, it's as if they have no, um, no irises. It's all white, but there's a, there's a faint glow to them. And while this is happening, Rooney, you detect that magic, because you still have detect magic going. You detect that, and then... Behind the desk, there's there's a, a brighter detect magic. Something is going on over there, just for your record. And so, uh, Gatsby, it is to you with the questions. Okay, so the important thing to note on this is that uh, the whole singing thing, there is a bit of a, uh, a je ne sais quoi to it. Uh, sometimes it uh, comes out as uh, actual singing. Sometimes it comes out as rhyming couplets. Sometimes it comes out as beat poetry. I don't know. It depends on the, the corpse in question. It's the sort of thing they like personally adjune to. So uh, who knows how this is going to end up. But um, This I, one might I, like opera. This one might like opera and they just start singing in German. Who knows what's going to happen. So uh, I, I think we should just start things off by um, saying uh, hello, uh, corpsey corpse. Did you... Uh, could you possibly uh, describe 
what happened when you were brutally murdered. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. You're dead. All right. Um, give me a time uh, to... I am not used to thinking in couplets, so... You're welcome. Yes. You guys are so mean. This is the biggest uh, yes and I've experienced in uh, FBK so far, so here we yeah. are. Yeah. You even um, did like the little anthem at the beginning. I thought that was great, <laughs> but really testing your skills here, DM. No, I can do it. Here we are. Let's see. Um, I, I gave you a choice. It doesn't have to be rhyming couplets. If you fancy beat poetry instead. Um, opera. Opera. Um, you, can, you can freestyle rap it if you really want to. All right. Uh, hello, young man. It is clear I am dead, but that is what happens when you're stabbed in the head. Okay, well, stabs in the head. Interesting one. That probably explains why the, the pentamato of it doesn't quite sit properly, but, you know, it's a corpse. We can't be too judgy, I suppose. Anyways, um, does anyone else have a, a question you'd particularly like? Actually, um, let's just head this off at the bus. Um, do you have any particular feelings towards Felix here? Like, you know, romantic fashion types. Oh, hold on, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not just disgust. That's what I get when I see him, but you might feel something different. Who knows? And then if you have time, who killed you? Okay. Well, we've so, got three more questions. We may as well get the important stuff out first. I'll answer the feelings one first and the who killed me next. So, as far as Felix goes, he's a very nice man. Uh, I would like to be in his life if that is part of his plan. And then as far as the murderer, it says... I went to meet an informant. His name was Tony. He was supposed to give me information, but it turns out he was a phony. Okay, so maybe this this Tony fellow uh, murdered her. And, uh, I mean, Gatsby, you're in journalism, right? Do you know of anyone named Tony? Well, on, only... Um, I mean, there are a couple of... Uh, well, there's one very enormous tabaxi I know whose name is Tony. But um, he, he's more of a, a mascot for an evil empire. So I'm not sure he um, comes back, comes down over towards uh, this area of town anyway. He's much, he, he lives in the, the expensive part of town. Um, Felix is overwhelmed at the answer about how she feels for him and says, Wait, I might, I might have a solution. And he's, he's very hesitant, but he sees her speaking and hearing his hearing her voice it, it's really moving him and so he says i have a secret i would ask that you do not share it i i barely know you so i do not know if you can be trusted but i, I can absolutely be trusted and uh, i take out my uh, pen and paper please make no. a deception check he cannot he cannot well this is unfortunate for you isn't it <laughs> uh, because i got the 23 all right, he absolutely believes you. And he says, uh, very well. I have not tried it on people, but we will give it a go. And so he goes over to the desk, and there are two bookcases. He goes to the right bookcase, and he pulls a combination of books in a certain sequence from various shelves. And what happens is there's a wall that, that slides open behind the desk between the bookcases. And what you see is what appears to be a large floating obsidian disc with, um, with a hollowed out middle. So it's kind of just like a, a giant ring that's floating. And there are, 
very ancient looking unintelligible markings all around it and uh yeah and so he says to you this is the secret of my how i am able to make the bread this is not i am not a baker i am i am a liar all i have done is discovered this in my in my shop what it does is it is able to put things back the way they were 24 hours ago so in my previous profession i collected the stale breads from various bakers around town i would piece them together and and sell them to the prisons uh, that is all they were good for stale bread nobody wanted but when i had discovered this ring i was unclear as to what it did until one day i was carrying some some old bread some fell through and when it clattered to the floor it, or at least i had thought it would it did not clatter at all but had a soft thump with it and was much warmer and through experimentation i have found that it approximately is one day of time that transpires so if all the bakers as we spoke before gatsby if they are to go out of business i am out of business because i have no supply i'm able to repair small things uh clocks uh vases i i, I simply put it through the portal and it, it is restored i would like yes. to try to put a let through although i do not know what will happen okay Jenny grabs Alette and throws it. Oh, throws wait, her through wait, it. wait, no, no, wait. no, we've got, we've got two more questions. Uh, too late, I did it. <laughs> so, uh, Jenny, just, go ahead, Rooney. Real, uh, just, uh, that is the magical aura I'm sensing with detect magic, correct? correct? Once the wall slides open, it is very bright, like it is obvious. Can I magical. ask, can I ask what the class of magic is? I knew that question would come up, and I can't remember the school of magic, but it has to mm -hmm. do with, uh, like, transmogrification. Like, it changes one thing. Is it abjuration? Okay, so, uh, I... That'll, I, that'll be, what, transmutation, then? Transmutation. Yeah, transmutation. That's, that's the school of magic it is. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, and so, Jenny, uh, without delay, picks up the body of Alette. I'm assuming you shoot her like a free throw? No, she just runs up and shoves it the body through okay it's a slam dunk it, right it's about a meter uh or a yard in inner diameter and so she easily passes through and as she falls to the floor you immediately see the wounds uh they're gone and color has rushed back to her body and she breathes <gasps> and uh she's like where am i uh, felix what is going on who are these people I did it! Who are you? And she looks up at this giant Loxa dragon, like, a little bit concerned, but still stealing her nerves, like, I'm okay, but I need, I need information. Hi, I'm Jenny. Uh, hello, Jenny. My name is Alette. Uh, it is a pleasure to meet you. I'm one. Uh, oh, I am, oh. well, I prefer not to say my age. I'm a lady, of course. You're two. <laughs> Wow, you being one year old, Jenny, makes a lot of sense. So she turns to Felix, the only person out of you that she knows. It's like, Felix, what is going on? The last I remember, I was packing up to get ready for an interview. And now I am here. What, what could, what is this, what is happening? And Felix, still, uh, his cheeks still wet with tears, is like, Alette, you are, you are back. And I'm so, I am so happy to have you back. And she's like, what do you mean back? I, I was here this morning. It's like, no, no, no. 
you were murdered. And, and she's just shocked, like, what, what do you mean murdered? And she looks at you like, uh, she looks at all of you for a clue as to what's going on, because she's very confused. Oh, Gatsby had like two more questions for you. Well, I'm not sure the magic would work, but let's let's give it a go. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> let's let's see how it works with a, a spell which is currently working on a rewound the corpse. Okay, uh, let's let's just give a bit of a test one. Um, how do you feel about Felix? I. So she's um, she she blushes a little bit and she she tries to evade the question. It's like, I think he is a very fine man, very kind. He is very fair and friendly to all the people who come into the store. I love coming here. I love talking to him. But he is hiding something, I can tell. Well, yes, what he was hiding was this big rewind machine. Uh, All right, so the it's not working anymore. She's not rhyming. So should we just reverse what we just did so you can do your two questions and then go do the reverse hole again? Oh, no, no, it's okay. I, I, I don't mind. You're going to murder her just so you can... <laughs> You might get a protest or two. Well, like, that's why she didn't say it as like that. Right. Uh, I am more than willing to help you with whatever you're trying to find out. I trust Felix. And if Felix trusts you, I will help you. But please, I am very confused. What is happening? So, DM, I have a couple of meta questions, basically. Sure. Okay. So, first of all... Am I detecting a magical aura from Alette after she passed through the ring? Um, you did as she passed through, but it faded quickly. Like once she was restored, okay. it had disappeared. Okay. Interesting. And then the other thing uh, is I would like to ritually cast identify on this and see if there's anything that I can I can glean from it. It doesn't like do like, you know, artifact level stuff, but even just knowing that can't be identified would be useful information. I will say um, if it doesn't do artifact level stuff, would it, would it tell you like, hey, this is an artifact and I have no idea? Uh, no, it would just say it is unable to be identified. Okay. Well, uh, hint, you're unable to identify it. Okay, great. Okay, that's it. Okay, cool. Thank you. So, uh, Pug, Pugsley, Pugsley, where's he? Where's Pugsley? Everyone, look at it. Look, look at the floor. I think we may have lost a small person. I'm here. I'm right here. Oh, oh, yes. Sorry. Um, Pugsley. Mm-hmm. This guy Felix, he's an idiot. That's pretty presumptuous, but all right. Well, well not especially. It's fairly evidence-based by this point. Like you, you. Let, let's say you find a magical device which rewinds whatever you put in it your first port of call is not to freshen up bread uh, it's kind of smart like i mean he's very clearly scared a bacon bake bakery union well, yes but think about how it could be used much more effectively you know you you could as we've discovered you could just bring people back to life or you know a fraction of the cost of how what the temples pay for. I mean, people will pay to get their, their loved ones and pets back and all that jazz. Um, I mean, we, we probably got a cat. We could probably chuck in it a bit later on if we wanted to. <laughs> Another cat, sorry. Um, otherwise, like, yeah, you, you break, you know, big things. You could probably get in there like, um, oh, I don't know, a toilet. 
they're very, they're very, fairly important to get fixed as soon as you can. Why? Do you think... Uh, maybe it'll fix other magical artifacts. Do you think if you jumped in it every day, you'd stay the same age? Well, I can only assume so. How about we do an experiment? Um, you want me to go through? Oh, very much. Would you like to be a whole day younger? I'm, I'm not that old to begin with, but, um... Yeah, why not? Well, as long as you're not one day old, I think we'll be okay. No. No, not one. Oh, wait. What if you went in it multiple times a day? Would you just keep getting younger and younger? Let's just go with the first one first. Okay. Yeah, I'll hop in. All right. So uh, Pugsley hops in, and you fall through. And when you come up, you're very surprised at your surroundings. You have no idea how you got there. And anything that's transpired in the last day, you are ignorant of. You don't know. You think it's Wednesday. Um, hi. Where am I? And how did I get here? Uh, I will answer that in one second. Jenny, I forgot to make him write down something that will make him believe what's going on. Oh, uh, you write down it something real quick and I'm going to toss him through again. Okay. Um, no. No, no. Pugsley, just... would you mind just uh, writing a couple of words on this bit of paper? Doesn't matter what. No, no. Hi, Pugsley. My name's Rooney. Oh, we hi, know Rooney. each other. Um, it's a pleasure to meet again. You just got tossed through a magical artifact that rewinds time on a given object. Um, so, yeah. Don't listen to it. Gatsby, and probably not Jenny either. I don't know her that well, but from how she's acted so far, it's a little um, impulsive. But I'm offended. See, I... Jenny, Jenny, this is what I've been having to deal with like all day long. <laughs> should we you toss know... her through too? Yeah, maybe we should. I mean, I, 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 you would have loved this. I totally bibbed an orphan with like a really big loaf of bread earlier, and she just goes and helps. Wait, what? You threw a baked good at an orphan? Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. It, sure. Um. Well, actually, I threw it too. So Felix and Aled at this point are looking at all of you like, these people are crazy. And, um. Well, two of us. Well, they're lumping you all together because you're part of the same guild. But oh, Felix is, uh, has that competing thought. And the other one is just overwhelmed gratitude that she's, she's alive. And then... He, you hear her, him whisper to her, or talk to her, and say, Alette, we found you dead. We brought you back, but your memory is gone from... Uh, sorry, that's Alette's accent. I forgot. Um, we brought you back, and your memory is gone. I do not know what to do. Um, can you tell me what your plan was for what you think is today? Today is actually Thursday, but I believe you think it is Wednesday. Do you have any plans for later today? And you hear Alette say... Uh, yes, I was investigating the pet store across the street from you, and I was going to meet an informant. He is a former, um, former mafia, I think, but uh, he, he put that life behind him. I have on very good authority that he no longer wants to be associated with his former profession, and he was going to tell me all about it. I believe there is some kind of smuggling that is happening across the street, but I cannot, I do not have proof. But something is very odd about that place. So I was going to meet him. His name was uh, Tony. Well, it seems like Tony was the one who killed you. What? We, yeah. 
Um, are you sure he wouldn't have been put up to it? Or was trying to, you know, lure you there? Maybe he got hired by the people doing the smuggling? And so they wanted to keep you quiet? I do not know. I cannot tell. I know that um, he used to work for the Safiosi, but now he is a... Uh, he got in trouble. Actually, I think he ran into your guild uh, last year and was put behind bars. Now he was trying to uh, reform, and he was very good informant for me for uh, many situations. Like I talked to him repeatedly, but now I I do not know why he would want to kill me. Maybe we can find him. Um, he has a very predictable schedule. Uh, you say it is Thursday, correct? Well, wait. It's Wednesday, actually. Is it Wednesday? No. No, it's Thursday. Um, well, if it's he's Thursday. He, yeah, you you got put through the ring too. Remember oh, we said bro. that. Yeah. Jenny I, put him through again. Jenny puts him through again. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Actually, um, I don't know. This is probably not going to go well. But I'll say, make a grapple check against Pugsley, which I think is, that this is the smallest fire breathing kitten against the largest fire-breathing kitten, so I'm very <laughs> curious how this will go. Real quick, uh, when I agree to this guest spot, my writer specifically says no dice. Okay, we'll make up a number then. <laughs> Is it um, a strength for me? Uh, yeah, it would be a strength check. Strength or check. Ath- athletics or dis- dexterity check. Whichever you prefer. Uh, I got a 25. Uh, I have a 30. 30? Okay, so you... It is a battle for the ages. You guys are um, grappling each other, but Jenny gets the advantage, is able to, as as Pugsley tries to slip through her grasp, she grabs him anyway and kind of does a reverse dunk into the portal. And then you feel, again, very confused. You think it's Tuesday afternoon and you're not sure what's going on. Um, hello. Where we am cannot, I? We cannot keep doing this. <laughs> Well, that was an experiment. Now he thinks it's Tuesday. So we know it's 24 hours. He thinks it's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. I gotta go pick me mom up. Oh, no, it's... Hi, Pugsley. Pugsley, Pugsley, you have been in a horrible accident. (laughs) Catsby! He looks around like, is there anything wrong with him? You you have been dead for 50 years. What? No! Yes, we've only just found a way to bring you back to life. Um, (gasps) this uh, This is your granddaughter... You might Hi. not remember her due to degradation. I'm Jenny. So, uh, Alette sees what's happening and kind of a look of disgust crosses her face and says, I'm going to find Tony. You may come with me if you like, but I need to talk to him and find out why he did what he did. And she stands we'll, up. We'll be there with him. We'll, we'll come with you. Don't worry about it. She starts it, walking you. out the door. Like, she's just <laughs> like, she's determined. You know, we could just investigate the pet shop across the way. But I'm not saying we're not going to. We will get down to it eventually. We just need to find out the capabilities of his incredibly powerful magical artifact. Yeah. Okay, Felix is torn. He's curious what you're going to do. He doesn't want to leave you alone with the artifact, but he doesn't want to leave Alette alone to face potentially her murderer. Oh, don't worry, Felix. We can take it with us. Uh, Okay. Um, Make a strength check. On Felix or the stone? On the stone. Uh, I assume oh. you're trying to move the stone? Yeah. That's going to be a 28. Uh, it does not budge one bit. Never mind. So, oh God. 
I can't believe I'm probably Rooney, doing this. Rooney, if it makes you feel any better, you are more than welcome to go with Felix and Dulette and just scope out the pet shop across the way and we will be with you in maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Don't worry about it at all. So Rooney is just going to look at you, Gatsby, and just say, you know, Gatsby, I really do think you should leave. And she's oh, going I've to heard cast. That before. I have heard that far too many times. She's going to cast Gaos, which is a fifth level spell. Tell me what that does. Um, you place a magical command on a creature that you can see within range, forcing it to carry out some service. If the creature can understand you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become charmed by you for the duration. While the creature is charmed by you, it takes 5d10 physic damage each time it acts in a manner directly counter to your instructions, but no more than once each day. I can't end the spell early, which I do plan to eventually, <laughs> but there is going to be chaos if Gatsby stays here. All right. Uh, what sure. saving throw do I need to do for that? It is a wisdom saving throw, and the DC is... I can get my mouse over here. Uh, 16, I thought would have been higher than that. Right. Let's have a look. Oh, Bad no, yeah, it's you. it's higher than, than 16. It's like okay. 19. Really? Uh, saving is 10 plus proficiency plus modifier, correct? That's right. Yeah, so that would be 19. <laughs> if I've got the math on my sheet correct. Uh, well, let's see. My, my spell save DC with a plus five to my charisma is because it because it's eight plus your oh it's um, eight okay yeah yeah plus, so that'd be oh, 17 plus modifier Sorry. yeah so, so that'd be it, 17 be 18 be 18 oh oh, <sighs> oh do you have a plus four okay yeah it'll be 17 then yeah okay um so yeah i ha gatsby has advantage against spells uh and he got an 18 which is why i oh, love it when that happens so it would have passed anyway. So Felix but. sees all of this happening. Like he can tell the tension is rising. It's like, look, uh, Gatsby, I know you are interested in my company and now this artifact. I will show you everything, but please, I cannot let Alette be, be hurt again. You are adventurers. I need your help. I am not a fighter. Please join me and then we can come back and I will, I will show you whatever you like. I mean, okay, but I'm going to write this on the invoice. For later. Yes, they please. Will... That is fine. Uh, you, uh, large one. Jenny, is that correct? Hi, I'm Jenny. Hi, I am Felix Padero. Please come with us. I could use your abilities to help protect the love of my life. Oh, yeah, I'll go anywhere. I don't care. So he, he starts walking, and he's kind of looking over his shoulder like, are you really following me? Like, are you really going to come <laughs> with me? And so he's walking and following Alette, who is confidently walking what looks to be back toward the direction of the guild hall. Jenny picks up Pugsley as a, uh, and uh, uses him as a backpack so he can have a ride. Oh, thanks, granddaughter. You're welcome, Grandpa. Um, Gatsby, Rooney, are you following as well? Oh, yes. Yes, but I'm a little bit huffy. I'm okay. also Gatsby, a little we'll bit come huffy. Back. We'll come back, Gatsby. You, me, and Pugsley. So eventually you catch up to her, and she's she's still walking, but you're kind of now on pace with where she's walking. 
and she walks right next to the guild hall, the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild Hall, but across the street to a place called Willie G and Sons Haunted Tavern. And so Gatsby, you recognize this as the former vegetable place, sun, um, Sunflower Sundries, that is now partly your tavern, and that's where she's walking. And she uh, walks right Fe- in. Felix, uh, if you get the, the opportunity, can we move this artifact into this pub for no particular reason? Uh, it, perhaps. Not, not I ha- now, like later on. I would some, say that I have attempted to move it to a more um, strategic location, a more convenient location for myself, and it is un- immovable. I do not know what it would take to move it from its current location. I don't know how long it has been in its current location, but I have found no way to move it. Perhaps you, with your uh, advanced knowledge and the people that you know may have an idea, but I, I am at a loss, I'm afraid. Oh, don't worry. I know some real proper nerds. Very they well. They will get it sorted out. Have no fear. So Alette walks in, and uh, you see a sign over the tavern that says, Hades Night. And so... As you walk, as you get closer, you hear a lot of Infernal being sung. Like there's a lot of songs being sung in Infernal. Uh, Which of you can speak Infernal? Uh, Now you are speaking my language. Oh, I actually can. Okay. Nope. I cannot. Okay, so Pugsley and Gatsby hear very festive, almost like uh, soccer songs just being sung. Uh, and as you get closer and walk in, you see there's a lot of undead, uh, tieflings, demons. Uh, they're all there because it's Hades night and they're very, uh, they, there's, it's kind of like a meetup and they're very excited to get together. Um, you see Alette walking toward the corner and in the corner, you see a human man, uh, very large, dressed in uh, black leather armor and he's just knocking back an ale. What now, does that um, um, soccer music sound like exactly? Oh I, I was about to ask the same question. <laughs> we we need to hear it. Yeah. Oh, man. yeah. All right. Um, I, oh, I, it, me. It, would re- it would really help my um, mental picture. All right. Yeah, if you could hear. Yeah. You, it really helps uh, the immersion. We need it twice. Once to where we cannot understand it, and then once where they are they can't yeah, understand yeah, one, it. Yeah. Once in the original version and one translated. Uh, all right. Um, while you walk in, it's for the listeners. You see darts <laughs> being played on the left. You see uh, uh, card games being played on the right, and throughout, you see people just kind of singing and celebrating. And to the non-infernal speakers, it sounds like. It's my favorite too. speakers, it sounds like. Hell is not so bad. Just give it a chance, my little lad. And so they're just like really enthusiastically singing about how wonderful hell is. And uh, you, you're not sure how you feel about that. Like, isn't that supposed to be a place of punishment? But then you realize where all these folks derive their bloodline. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of home. So they're just singing about home. And then, wow. and then we get to the chorus, which is... <laughs> which, we're not to the... <laughs> uh, suddenly, right. I've, I've, got a, I've got a chorus for you if you want it. Uh, go yeah. right ahead, please. I would love uh, someone yeah, else get, to do some lifting. To... <laughs> <laughs> gets to the chorus and Gatsby joins in with, Hell is heaven, hell is heaven, hell is heaven for us guys. Nice. 
<laughs> awesome. Whew. So as the chorus comes to a crescendo, Alette um, flips the table over where that gentleman with the black armor is sitting and just like throws it in fury and everything kind of stops and oh, everyone looks. Um, Alette says, what is the meaning of this? And you see the gentleman's eyes grow extremely wide. Like he is, he does not understand what he's seeing or hearing. He's like, uh, uh, what, what, what are you doing here? That this is not, um, uh, sorry, wrong voice. Hey, what are you doing here? This is not what, uh, Alette, I'm so happy you're here. Uh, do you enjoy uh, Hades night? Uh, can I buy you a drink? Uh, do you intervene at all or just kind of wait to see what happens? Waiting to see what happens. I go Rooney? get the drink. <laughs> Rooney will just oh, like start the... like kind of moving other people out of there, like kind of like making a clear space just in case something goes down. Okay. Oh, Gatsby, grab some popcorn too while you're at it. Oh yes, don't don't worry about. We've got a uh, Cindy toffee flavor. I hope that's okay. Yeah, Pugsley will. Um, I presumably gonna say he's still on your shoulders. Of course. Um, can Grandpa get you a lolly? Yeah. All right. Just for my sweetie. And uh, he'll jump down and walk to the uh, counter. Okay. Thank you. At the counter is an anthropomorphic sunflower who's tending bar and says, Oh, uh, hello, little guy. Uh, What can I help you with? I'd like one lolly, please. Oh, okay. Hey, are you with Gatsby? I am. Oh, well, he owns this place uh, partially with me. Um, Yeah, here, on the house. Oh, perfect, because he said put it on his tab. Oh, no problem. Here you go, buddy. Thank you. And I'll walk back over and give it to Jenny. Yay! There you go, sweetie. Thank you, Grandpa. No problem. Alette, who is much smaller in stature than this gigantic guy, very muscular, very uh, grizzled face, scar across his left eye, He's, but she's getting right in his chest, like poking him, like, you said you were reliable. I've spoken so many times, but now you try to murder me. You actually murder me. And she's just poke, 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 poke. And he's like, uh, look, look, it's, it's, it wasn't me. Like, you're still alive. What are you complaining about? It's like, I have never, I've never been so insulted. I relied on you. I needed you. And she said, I will, I will write about this and you will never eat the end of this. And so she, um... She announces to the room that uh, she's she writes for the Guasso Gazette, like like Gatsby does, and is going to have oh, an expose. I thought I recognized her. And she, uh, I, I didn't really. I, I barely oh. go into the office. <laughs> <laughs> and she's gonna she's gonna take him down, and anybody that's friends with him better watch their back. And so she she starts storming out um, of the bar. Every everybody's just quiet and just kind of like on edge and you see tony starting to follow alette with a, a a growing look of fury um catching that look i'm just going to go and cast otoluk's resilient sphere on tony um describe so, what that does uh let's see a sphere of shimmering force encloses a creature or object of large size or smaller an unwilling creature must make a dexterity saving throw and so that would be a deck save of 17. Um, on a failed save, the creature is enclosed for the duration. So <coughs> it's basically just trying to trap him. 
the sphere can move, but because it's a sphere, it can't like go through the door. So it would basically like, I want to catch him before he exits so that he's okay. like, you know, basically trapped within here. All right. So he rolled an eight plus six, 14. Yes. So that fails. And so this sphere, uh, is it a visible or is it invisible to him? Uh, it says shimmering force. So I imagine it's kind of like mirage E. Okay. Looking. So he can tell, like, he, he notices that the air around him seems different, but otherwise he's unclear as to what's happening. But he's so focused on Alette that he's following her out the door. And when he gets to the doorframe, he's stuck. Like, he, the sphere pounds itself against the doorframe, and he's, he gets more and more agitated. And it's like, hey, what the hell's going on? I want to, I got to get out of here. Hey, who did this? And so he's looking around as to who the um, who did this to him because he's he's familiar with magic, not super familiar, but he knows this is a magical thing. And he's looking around for it's like get me out of here. Uh, Rudy uh, will go. Uh, uh, you didn't say the magic word. Now. Oh, that's not it. Um, Jenny, would you mind holding him in place just so he can't run around a little bit? Oh, I can give him a hug. Oh, good. Right, make, make a strength check. That is going to be uh, 29. Uh, yeah, you you manhandle him easily. Like, he is stationary, and he's kind of hitting against the sphere, knowing that he's trying to feel if there's a, a weak spot or an open space, and he's just... But he, he is immobile, and so you've got him exactly where you want him. Everybody is still looking and getting very nervous. Hands are reaching to weapons in case it escalates, but nobody wants to start anything just yet and so the balls in your court. do i have him by the sphere or do i have him by himself i imagine by the sphere uh rooney would that be the way the spell works mm-hmm. yep it's it, okay. it's okay. basically like a glass ball you know so okay. she's shaking it telling him to calm down <laughs> calm down calm down calm down so, so he's ricocheting off the sides of the sphere and you just hear grunts of Ugh, uh, all right, all right, all right. Just leave me alone. Stop Boss shaking I have to it. Hold you. Please, oh, please oh. stop That's shaking the it. magic word. And so you stop shaking, and he just kind of collapses to his knees and his hands like, oh, all right, what, what is it you want? What is it? What can I do for you? Oh, we just want some information. That's all. All right. Can we take this some? Can we take this outside? I don't want to talk in front of everybody here. It's none of their business. What do you guys think? I feel like we should say no. The ball won't fit through the door. That is true. All right. All right. All right. What do you want? Well, apparently you murdered someone. Care to tell us why? Look, that life is behind me. All right. I used to murder people, and then, and he sees. Are any of your um, tattoos, your fire-breathing kitten logo tattoos, visible? Mine's uh, on the back of my... Sorry. Uh, Rooney's is on the back of her left hand. Okay. Jenny's is one, so no tattoo artist will actually tattoo a one-year-old. So she has a badge on the front of her poncho. Okay. Pug, these um, nobody can see. It's actually on his lower back. Okay. Uh, and uh, Gatsby doesn't have one because he wandered into the tattoo office and goes, oh, no, I've already got one. Okay. Wandered out again. 
So he sees the tattoos on both Jenny and Rooney. And badge, says, not tattoo. Oh, sorry. The badge, the insignia, I'll say. He sees the insignia and it's like, yeah, you used to kill people for the Safiosi until you guys, you fire-breathing kittens, got in my business. And now I'm reformed. All right? I don't do that no more. Jenny shakes the orb or the ball and says, <laughs> tell the truth. And then stops shaking it. So he he is ricocheting again. It's like, all right, all right, all right. That lady, that lady that poked me in the chest, that Alette lady, I used to give her information. I'm still connected. I still know folks in the family. But she was asking a lot of questions about my friend. And I wasn't having it. And as it turns out, I get a contact from uh, this guy I'd never met before, Improbus or whatever. And he tells me, to set up and he sees Felix that guy and so I just decide to kill two birds with one stone I was gonna was gonna kill this broad anyway but uh now I'm gonna get paid for it by setting up this guy so I ice pick her I put her in his shop boom two jobs done yeah well you didn't finish the job dummy yeah but now you got no proof what did I do right you just confessed to it Oh, yeah? Where's the body? Suspicion of murder. You don't need one. Well, and besides, uh, we have a hotshot writer right over there that can make up all sorts of BS, and you're going away for a long time. Oh, this guy? Yeah, ha hadn't he been sued like 13 times or something? Yeah, good luck. They uh, never I, stick. I would like to point out that um, I've, I've successfully defended myself all the time. Yeah, all right. Well, what do you want from me? Maybe we can... Make this go away. I want you in jail. You're dumb. Oh, yeah? Well, you're, you're ugly. She shakes the uh, <laughs> ball. <laughs> so he shakes all over the place, and he thinks to himself, I'm an idiot. I should not have said that. <laughs> and, um, yep. and so he says, all right, all right, all right. You're the most good-looking whatever you are I've ever hey, seen. Hey. One second, Dale. She's like one year old. I can appreciate beauty no matter what. It's not sexual or nothing. That's gross. You're an okay. icky old man. Time to put you in jail. Pugsley, are you going to let this guy talk to Jenny that way? If there wasn't a glass bowl around him, I'd be putting an arrow right between his eyeballs about now. That's my granddaughter. You can I hear can swords being unsheathed like they can tell something's escalating and uh, you get the feeling that Everybody there at Hades night uh, is kind of itching for a fight, and you're outnumbered approximately 20 to 1. Jenny tries to shove the orb through the door to kick it down the road to the police station. Okay, make a strength check. Oh, that's not going to be as good. Uh, 17. That is enough. Uh, this is a former vegetable shop, and they haven't had time to reinforce everything. And so the door frame, although the sphere wasn't able to get through because it was just a, a, a passive barrier, as you shove it through, you, you destroy, uh, you make a sphere-shaped hole through the door frame to much to you, the you lament of... You a circle. Of, uh, yeah, I guess in a two-dimensional <laughs> space, it would be a circle. Uh, Gatsby, I gave you a hobbit door. Let's go. Sunflower is well, like, That's good. Hey! I was planning on doing that anyway. So uh, all of you follow the sphere you start kicking it down to the the town guard or the, the oh, yeah. jail 
and uh, he he's trying to run to keep up, but as you're pushing it, it's a little bit faster than he can run, so sometimes he's running, and sometimes he's caught in the the centripetal force of just kind of going oh, no. around the sphere. But but he's trying to catch his balance and try to trying to, to run so he doesn't suffer that indignity. Oh, and she's also kicking it up as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> he he is uh freaking out. He he's thinking less now about the consequence of jail and more about you kicking him into the air and he's tumbling around this uh this ball. Are you singing the soccer song too? <laughs> he's like all right all right just just i'll i'll go where you want just please just leave me alone i'll leave you alone when you're in jail all right i'll go to jail what golly that's my granddaughter she's (laughs) so just i'm so proud of her you make it to the jail um you you explain the situation they're a little confused that there's a murder, but there wasn't a dead body, and they they don't understand everything. But your reputation as a fire breathing kittens guild, they understand, so they're willing to at least humor you, even though they don't understand it, and it's put him into custody. Magic. Uh, okay, that sounds good to us. We'll take him into the cell and we'll talk to him later. She's so and smart so, too. So he, uh, as they go into the, as Tony goes into the cell, there's an anti-magic field that evaporates the sphere that he's in. And so he goes in and he tries to turn to get out to escape, but the door slams in his face and he kind of runs right into the bars and, and bruises his face a little bit. And it's like, ugh, not again. I hate this place. Should have thought about that before you did the crime. They got no body. Magic. It doesn't matter. <sighs> magic that's your answer for everything guess what they're gonna do a zone of truth on you you're gonna spill your guts and you're going away for a long time all right i might as well tell you i got a friend all right his name is watermere he runs the pet shop but it's not really a pet shop that's all i'm saying just ask him about the pythons okay thank you hate you some more later yeah whatever I never understand why mafia folk are so insistent on their innocence when it's pretty obvious that they're not innocent. Because they're stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Sorry, can we pause for just two seconds? I just really got to go to the back. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I'm timing you. I'll I'll be quick. I'm so sorry. Don't tell anyone, but I'm going to do the same. (laughs) I'm timing you too. And I'm fine. That's their problem, staying hydrated. Man, you two are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. It, it, it'll, it'll happen to you too. Yeah, no, I, I don't mind. Normally, I'm like the DM who manages the crazy. So it's, it's new for me to be on like the player side of it. So. You should go check out some of our other episodes. I remember the sunflower one actually with you and it Gatsby and the uh, the one with what was it pop fiction or something? Yeah. Oh, you should you should see the Doctor Crud and uh, Beans ones. Oh yeah, the, the Doctor Crud and Beans show. <laughs> yes. You think from... this is? You think this is bad? That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually fairly manageable. Like we're <laughs> yeah, we're we're already just rewinding one person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
I was. You can't yeah. give us a rewind stone and not. I know. Expect us to rewind people. Like I just. Oh my god. I want to. I want to learn so much more about that too, and like my character does too. But that's why we want to steal it. <laughs> I figured it'd be a fun, fun thing to play around with if it's in the world. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry. That oh, no was problem. way longer than two minute or two I, seconds. I, we have. We have to punish you now. Well, let's give him some credit. He probably washed his hands. That took some time. I did not at all. I just ran back in here. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to help you. What's up, man? (laughs) I appreciate it. You outed yourself. Okay. All right. Uh, Going back in session in three, two, one, boom. So uh, you depart from the jail cell. And then uh, where are you going next? Pet shop. Definitely the pet shop. Right. Uh, are you... Felix has been following you the whole time nervously, but his concern is for Alette. And Alette is hesitant because the last time she got close, she got murdered. But she sees the four of you and is like, okay, maybe this will be different. And so she will follow you, but kind of at a distance. Do you know, we- you two can go back to the bread shop. We, that's right across the street. That way you don't get murdered. We can steal stuff and you don't have to be witnesses. I was just, wait. Well, I don't know about that second part, but I was just about to suggest you two stay out of harm's way. Okay. Um, Felix says, I agree. I have lost you once before. I will not do that again. Well, if worse comes to worse, we just throw her, show her, shove her through the hole again. True, but I would prefer... I would prefer her not suffer that indignity in the first place. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, I think if you need the portal, uh, please, after your engagement or whatever, your conversation, if anybody is hurt, we can, we can manage. Oh, don't uh, worry. That, that's coming over to my bar just as soon as uh, we can uh, get, get the nerds to figure out the, the right spell to, <laughs> to move it. Well, I mean, you might have to move the bar to the stone, too. I mean, keep that as an option. Well, I mean, that's not going to be too much of a, a difficulty. I mean, like, let's face it, if um, somewhere down the line, if we put all the official bread people out of business, uh, you know, this guy goes out of business, hey, there's uh, some uh, free property to, to go around, so we can just open another bar. All right. Uh, so you make your way to the pet shop. And then as you get to the, the street where both of them lie, um, Alette and Felix go to the, the bakery and they, they sit at the window just kind of watching. It's just from the safety of that place uh, with the lights off so nobody knows that they're there. And then you walk into, it's bizarre, um, pet shops are, most of them in town are closed, but this one seems to be a 24-hour pet shop. And so you walk in. And uh, behind the counter in the distance, you see uh, a dwarf dressed in black armor. Um, he is very, he looks gregarious. He's got a red beard and he sees all of you. And uh, he says, oh, hey, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming to my pet shop. Uh, welcome. Is there anything I can help you with your pet needs today? Uh, I th- uh, oh, no, 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 you go ahead. I will start browsing the, uh, whales. Okay. Well, 
uh, we were told that your pythons are fantastic and so wanted to see them ourselves. When you say the word python, his body stiffens a little bit and he's like, oh, is that, is that a fact? Yes, they, uh, they actually come from Albion. A lot of our edibles are uh, because of the embargo, you see, don't, aren't at other pet shops. So we've got an Albion cockatiel, Albion python, a mini Albion capybara, uh, any of your pet needs that you need satisfied, we can help you. Why is it uh, that you're interested in the pythons in particular? And I want uh, Gatsby to roll a history check. Gladly. Well, not necessarily gladly, but I'll, I'll do it. Uh, ooh, 24. Okay. So you're a native of Albion, and you're familiar with the capybara and the, and the cockatiel, which is the national bird of Albion. Very familiar with those. You know for a fact that there are no snakes in Albion. And so it's very suspicious that the pet owner is saying that they're from Albion. Well, yes, I, I would very much like to see these um, pythons. Hang on. Well, one second. Don't don't let my... Um, well, yes, I'm, I'm from Cuyazo, you see. And not from Albion at all. So, um, yes. Oh, let's go and see these snakes, shall we? Uh, why, what, what is your particular interest in the snakes? Uh, usually those are a special order. We have a lot of customers interested in them, and, uh, we might have to put you on a waiting list. But if you could tell me if anyone referred you to the pythons, we might be able to work out an agreement. Well, let's just say we have a mutual friend, and, uh, Gatsby is gonna slide a certain amount of money across the the counter. Can you be more specific than a certain amount? Well, a high amount of money, but high not amount, too that high. Works. <laughs> not like high a copper or something. Okay. <laughs> One copper piece. <laughs> right. Okay. So he sees the money and he gets the picture. It's like, oh, okay. Uh, go ahead. Follow me to the back. And so he goes to the back and, um, he opens the door, leaves it open for you to follow him if you choose. And uh, he, as he opens the door, you see kind of an expansive, almost like a backyard, but it's all gravel. And there seems to be an edifice in the middle of it that's a dome with a door on it. And that's all you can see kind of from peeking through the door, but he's walking toward that. Well, it's a lovely place you've got here. <laughs> Gatsby, what's so wrong with your voice? I've nothing's wrong with my voice. Uh, don't worry about it. I'll explain later. Okay. Grandpa, come on up. We're going. All right, sweetie. I'm coming. Get on my back. And I'll climb up on her back. And as Jenny leaves, she is going to dip into the till. <laughs> okay. Um... I know how ridiculously high your sleight of hand is, so I'm not even going to have you roll. Uh, you find 54 gold in there. I will scold her, of course, though. Yeah. I think Jenny, that's appropriate. That's well, not something can, that is nice to do at all. Can you roll high enough to get past my sleight of hand? No, I was just making sure that you gave me some. <laughs> you can't even see it. Ha! It's a family tradition. I assume he knows exactly what's going on. You're walking toward a till. 
and all he's of not a sudden, actually family. Not... <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> even true. know her. She doesn't yeah. know him. I believe it in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I assume you follow him to the back. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You get to the back. Uh, it's a pretty desolate-looking area. Like, this clearly was not a pet shop for very long. It looked like a bookstore, and they just retrofitted the bookshelves to accommodate cages and whatnot. Um, as you go into the back, it's it's kind of like just this very dirt and gravel backyard with high walls in the back with um, broken glass on the top to prevent people from climbing over. Uh, he walks to the dome, and he turns back and says, Uh, who did you say uh, said to you again? We didn't. Oh, okay. That you you understand uh, a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and all that. Oh, uh, yes, of course. And so he winks back at you, and then he he speaks to the door. He says something that is it's whispered, so you can't really detect it. And as soon as he does, uh, you see three hellhounds appear around him. And I need everybody to roll initiative. Oh, no. <laughs> oh bother, bad doggy. <laughs> Bad jockey indeed. 16. 11. I'm so focused on my voice, I got a 10. I got a 3. You are so focused on my voice too. <laughs> what did 17. you get, Gatsby? At 10. 10, okay. So, uh, I will say just for... Um, I'm going to have them all go together just to prevent difficulty. Also... Uh, from a distant standpoint, I'm going to assume you're all grouped by the back door that you just crossed the threshold of. He's in the middle of this backyard, about 30 feet away, uh, and the edifice is right in front of him. The hellhounds here appear flanking him, so and now they're all facing you. And so first will be Jenny. Quick question, is Pugsley a melee fighter or distance? He's an arcane archer, so, so a distance. distance. So Jenny's going to grab him, toss him onto the roof, and scramble up a, up there as well. You're going to... Okay. Um, I, again, I'd make you roll, but... Yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you shimmy up. Uh, it's a one-story, and so you're able to find a column with a little bit of uh, brickwork, and you're able to, to find purchase with, with your giant hands. You, you, you climb up. And you're able I mean, to very she's stealthily. She's ten feet long, at tall. I mean, more than oh. likely, she just puts tiptoes. Yeah, jump. <laughs> okay, it's done. You're up there along, right next to Pugsley. Um, so yeah, free movement for you, Pugsley. That's cool. Uh, so that's your movement. Good job, sweetie. Do you um, want to do an action? I can do an action. Um, I have a bow. Let's see. Yes, I have a short bow. Now, I have two scabbards. I have the people scabbard and the animal scabbard. Uh, Grandpa, is it the people scabbard or the animal scabbard that I use on these things? Um, I would say the people scabbard. So she takes out an arrow from the people scabbard. You, you see that the, the, the head of the, the arrow is actually a fist with the middle finger sticking up. <laughs> All right. And she fires at... I, Grandpa, am I hitting the hell doggies or the mafioso idiot? I'll hit the idiot. Okay. She hits the idiot. Shoots at the idiot, I should say. All right. 
That's going to be uh, a 20 dirty to hit. That hits. What's your damage? Well, um, I don't have anybody near him, so I don't get sneak attack. So that's going to be regular old damages. That's going to be nine. Nine damages. Okay. To his booty. Cool. Uh, Anything else? No, I'm pretty happy with that. Cool. So it's their turn. So um, Warimir uh, is hit by the arrow, and he's very frustrated, and he looks at you with disgust, and he's like, I'll, I'll, I'll get you. But before he does that, he makes a move toward the group that's on the ground. And so that would be Gatsby and Rooney. He uh, gets to Gatsby, and he, he strikes him with his uh, short sword. And he has the stats of an assassin. So what that, what that grants him is he has this um, feature called uh, assassinate. And so it says during its first turn, the assassin has advantage on attack rolls against any creature that has not taken a turn yet. Any hit the assassin scores against a surprise creature is a critical hit. So he's going to, since Gatsby hasn't gone yet, he's going to try to hit him. Uh, I rolled with advantage 19. Yep, that hits. All right. Uh, he hits you with a, oh, that's not very much. Oh, oh good. I, <laughs> that's good. It's a six damage. Oh, but then that's six damage piercing, but then there's also 14 damage poison. Why do you hate him? Hey man, well, uh, you're getting in his business, reasons, I imagine. <laughs> and so he moves toward right, like right in front of Gatsby, uh, tries to stab him, and then as a bonus action, will disengage and kind of go back to his hellhounds. Um, okay, so after after I got hit that one time, um, I will use my reaction to mm-hmm. cast hellish rebuke. Okay. Uh, so I. Basically, it says you point your finger and the creature that damaged you is momentarily surrounded by hellish flames. Now, within the fiction, I basically Gatsby just raises his middle finger straight at. I can see a theme to this, this person. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you need to make a dexterity saving throw, which as an assassin shouldn't be too much of a uh, difficulty, but uh, uh, you take 3d10 uh, oh my gosh. damage on a failed save. So he rolled. A one, and even with his modifier, that is not enough. And so, how much did you say? Lovely, three d ten. I'm just rolling it now. Okay. Um, seventeen fire damage. Okay, cool. All right, and so that was a reaction to his attack, but he's still able to yeah. disengage. Okay, so he's back with his hellhounds. Uh, let's see. Now it's the hellhounds' turn. Uh, there are four of them. One of them is going to line up. He saw what you did to his master. He goes in front of Gatsby again and does a fire cone. And so what that does is the hound exhales fire in a 15-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 12 dexterity saving throw. I imagine that includes me, right? Correct, yes. You sh- you sh- you, he- they're trying to hit both of you. Uh, Gatsby got a 17. Uh, okay. Rooney got a 16. So that passes. So you take, it would have been 18 damage, but you take half, so 9 damage each. Luckily, Gatsby is also uh, resistant to fire damage, oh, so we'll nice. not so set four? down to five. I think it's four, right? Because you round down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever you please, I'll let you. D and D says no maths. I'm in charge. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, so that's its turn. 
uh, second second hellhound will try to it'll try to jump on the roof but cannot and instead we'll do a fire breath on you two up there and so you will have to make a dexterity saving throw uh, pugsley and jenny that's an 11 that's gonna be a 29 okay so jenny passes pugsley fails uh damage is 18 fire damage i have evasion so since i mm. take half i take none perfect Yes, you are. You are in the clear. Uh, as the flames lick around the roof that you're on, it is made of uh, wood, so it starts to catch fire because this this blast of fire was intense. And not only are, is Pugsley damaged now, but the fire the the roof around you is kind of weakening uh, in the structure, specifically where you're at. He's burning down your house. Why do you let him do that? All right. Uh, the next. I'll just move these two together. The next two will move towards uh, Rooney and Gatsby, and they will each make a bite attack, one against each one. Uh, so the first... My goodness, my rolls suck. Um, the good. first is against Gatsby. Uh, they rolled a seven to hit. Oh, yes, fine. I'm safe. Okay. I'm safe. Totally miss. I imagine... After all that, you kind of are more alert, more on your guard, and you easily dodge the bite. Uh, Rooney, uh, they got a six to hit. Uh, that's good. And she is just going to cast shield anyway, so that um, next turn, you know, from here until okay. her next turn, she will uh, have shield up. So that cool. does not hit. Perfect. So they both miss. And uh, that is the end of their turn. Next, it is Pugsley. All right. So... Pugsley, um, he's going to shoot um, the Hellhound. Um, he's going to lob three arrows into it, the one that um, blew the fire at him. Okay. Uh, however, as he's doing this, he's thinking, oh, I really hope the beam that we're on is strong because my beautiful granddaughter has put on a little bit of weight and she's quite a bit bigger, um, so we don't want to fall. No, I'm saying it in my head. Um, I'm just explaining it. Um, so I rolled uh, a 27, a 16, and a 12. Uh, the first two hit. Okay, so I am going to use my curving shot ability to re-roll um, that last attack. Okay, tell me about that. Be... So basically, the two are going to lodge into the hellhound, and mm -hmm. the third one is going to um, curve away, and it's going to be aimed at the man. Okay. But it, I rolled the same, so it's 12. Okay, that misses him as well. Okay. So uh, then it's a 15 and a 7 uh, piercing damage to the Hellhound. Cool. That's great. And I am going to just um, go, oh, I actually hit it. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, any movement or anything? Bonus action? No, I, but I will um, steady myself for the inevitable breaking of this beam. Okay. Uh in that case, it is uh, Gatsby's turn. All right, so we've got two of the Hellhounds are right in front of Gatsby and that, uh, right? Correct. Okay. And then the, how many, was it four Hellhounds in total? Four total. Two are next to you. One is next to the man, which is by that dome structure in the middle, and one mm -hmm. is kind of in between aiming at uh, Jenny and Pugsley. Okay. Okay, so Gatsby is going to cast Black Tentacles. Tell me about that. 
So, um, Gatsby gives Daisy a squeeze and enormous 20-foot-long black tentacles spew from her maw in all directions. So, mechanically, the the tentacles fill a 20-foot square on the ground that we can see within range. Uh, So, we're going to do the 20 feet in front of us two. Okay. So, whenever a creature enters that area for the first time on a turn or starts its turn there, it needs to do dexterity saving throw or take some damage, and it will be restrained if that's the case. Or if a creature starts its turn in the air and it's already restrained, then it automatically takes the damage. So that stuff happens on your turn, not mine. Okay. Um, but a creature that is restrained can make use its action to make a strength or dex check against my spell save DC. And on a success, it frees itself. So it's basically just a, a, a writhing black mass of tentacles which will uh, attempt to stop whatever's in there from attacking us. Nice. That's but I think it's very enough. descriptive. So these tentacles start oozing out of uh, Daisy and surround the area. And so it's capturing the first two that are in front of you and then also the one that's halfway aiming at the people on the roof. And there you can see a look of slight panic and confusion like they're not sure what what's happening there but uh it'll be interesting when it gets to be their turn again oh they're, they're i mean if they're from hell they'll recognize that magic oh then they're like oh not you jeff <laughs> all right is that your turn uh that is gatsby's turn more or less aside from some choice language which we'll, we'll not repeat here excellent no that's that fills in the scene quite nicely um, Rooney, it is your turn. Uh, so I would like to cast Blindness. Uh, it, are all four of them in, within 30 feet of me? Oh, yes. Okay. The, the furthest from you is 30 feet exactly. Perfect. So I would like to cast Blindness. Hopefully that will give them disadvantage in trying to, like, escape from the tentacles. Um, and also from attacking people. So they need to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, DC right. 17. Okay, give me a second. So let's see. Uh, so 17, 1, 2. Uh, the man succeeds. The hellhound next to him doesn't. The two, the one hellhound that's pointed at the folks on the roof passes. And then one of the hellhounds in front of you passes. But the other one fails. Mm. Okay. So. Well, the ones that fail are uh, blinded for one minute. And they can make a constitution saving throw at the end of their turn. And if they succeed, then they're no longer blind. Okay, cool. Anything else? Um, well, mage armor is in action. So, nope, nothing else. Maybe maybe back away a little bit. <laughs> okay, you, you back your way into uh, the, the frame of the doorway, which gives you the option to kind of go behind cover if need be. Perfect. All right, so we're back at the top. Uh, Jenny, your turn. But if you go under that doorway, you will be entering a burning building. Well, just the roof is on fire. <laughs> Not the foundation. It's, it's relatively right. safe. So the one in the middle is like 15 feet away, right? Uh, to you, it's much closer. I guess it, from a, if you were to look overhead, like five feet away. But hypotenuse-like, I'd say more than like 10 feet. Okay. How many of them can I hit with a 15-foot cone? So two of them 
are on your right, close to the structure, two of them on your left, next to your friends, and one is directly in front of you below. Like, they're all below you, but one is in the middle, two to your right, two to the left, but the one on the left, the ones on the left are also by your friends. Okay, so I'm going to, she's going to position herself to where she can get the roof that's on fire, the one below, and the two that are 15 feet away, or less. Okay. Uh, and she's going to breathe her weapon, breath weapon at him, which is cold damage. Perfect. Which is going to put out the fire on the roof. Nice. And I think the hellhounds are particularly susceptible to that, if I'm not mistaken. I hope so, because they're made of fire. Uh, it doesn't say. It just says they're immune to fire. Okay, so just normal. That's normal. Fact. No go, uh, fun. Go ahead and roll. No, it's or what? next saves. I'm sorry. It's still no save. fun. That's they're correct. supposed to like be double damage for because it's cold you know what i'll give it to you they're from hell they don't know what cold is all right uh deck save that's one that's three so let's see uh you two would get oh three what was the dc again i never told it to you okay so the man gets a 13 fail the hellhound next to him gets an eight fail the hellhound closest to you that you angle to hit alongside the roof gets an 18 success okay and so 22 on a fail half as much which would be 11 on a success and the fire is out oh but it's it's double damage to the hellhound i gave that to you right so yes you did so it'd be 44, 44. on the Ooh. hellhound that did not save and 22 on the one that did Okay, I will say, both the one that failed and the one that saved from a Hellhound perspective, they are looking, they're on death's doorstep. As much as a Hellhound can look that way. Hey, Grandpa, that's all you gotta do. Oh, and the, the roof is now safe. A little slippery, though. Yeah, there's a little bit of ice. You're such a good girl. I know! <laughs> Remind me to get you another lolly. Oh, I will. Alright, uh, it is their turn. Uh, Waramir is freaking out because he's seeing what you guys are capable of. And so what he does is well, he... Well, um, to start things off, sorry to interrupt. Oh, yes. We're going to need um, three uh, dexterity saving throws for three of the hellhounds. Right. Okay. Uh, so one gets a 12, one gets a 10, and one gets a uh, dirty 20. Okay, so the, th the, the 20 passes... Okay. The other two, I'm just going to roll once for the damage. Um, the other two both take 11 bludgeoning damage, and they are restrained. And can you remind me which ones these are? These are the three closest to you? Uh, yeah, because there were, there were two like right in front of right. Gatsby and Rooney, and then there was one which was about halfway through. So equal which ones you want to... Okay, I'll just go sequentially. One of the ones in front of you passed... So it's not restrained. The other, and the other one got 11 damage. Before, and the one in the middle is dead. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. So uh, one, so in that, in that one, one of the um, tentacles kind of propels its uh, squeegeeness into the hellhound's mouth. And shish kebabs him. Not quite. And then it expands. And then just the hellhound kind of explodes, spattering... Oh. All sorts of infernal goo oh, so, over that middle area. As Wormir really looks at what happens with the tentacles and gets goo on his face from his uh, former 
uh, guardian or pet, he is just in, incensed. He sees the tentacles and wants nothing to do with it. So what he does instead is he drops his sword and pulls out his crossbow. And he aims at you, Gatsby, because he holds you responsible for the death of his, his minion. I mean, he should. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's he perfectly should. appropriate. <laughs> and so he gets a... Oh, golly, a 12 to hit. Uh, Yeah, that hits. Okay. Oh, wow, you're squishy. So that is... That oh, yeah. is nine I'm a piercing writer. damage. Nine piercing damage and 20 sneak attack damage. So 29 damage. How is this sneak attack? Because he has... um two uh allies next to you within five feet of you yeah and so he's able to do sneak attack on you okay that's why if i have to i'm going to just throw my grandpa right next to that guy (laughs) for shooting and so he gets two attacks uh the next attack will be against rooney and he will shoot a crossbow arrow at you and that is wow a 25 to hit oh my god yeah And so that's five piercing damage and well, that's not so bad. 12 sneak attack damage. So 17 damage. Okay. Rooney's squishy too. All right. Uh, He commands his hellhounds to protect him. And so the two that are in front of, or I guess the one that's not restrained in front of Gatsby retreats to come back to him. And so you'll get an opportunity attack or both of you will, since you're next to each other. Uh, the one that's restrained tries to fight against uh, the, um, you said it was a strength check, correct? Uh, yeah, however, um, I am, personally, I am willing to let it run back to the master. Okay. On the, on the condition, I'm going to make you a deal here, DM. <laughs> All right. That it dies? That, that they just, they just run back and form like a defensive ring. Is that, that's what I imagine they yeah. would do. That's that's what he wants them to do. Like he he's damaged significantly enough that he wants them to sacrifice themselves for his benefit. You can yeah. see that in his face. I, I, I would let that happen. Okay, so they they retreat so the, to the, him. The, the, so the tentacle would let that other one go. Okay, well then they he makes they both make their way back to him. Uh, you both get opportunity attacks on each of them. Oh, yes, let's let the squishy people try a physical <laughs> attack. That's a good idea. Is the one that's underneath me and uh, Pugsley also retreating? That one was um, exploded by a tentacle. Oh, I thought it was the one so, in the middle that got exploded. Oh, there's one next to him, one that was next to you that set fire to the roof, and then two next to them, Uh-oh. if that makes sense. So four total. No, And the one that was closest to you that set fire to the roof was destroyed by the tentacle. Oh, okay. The two that are, that, that's the two fine. That are closest... Okay. That's fine. All right. I just uh, wanted and an opportunity attack, but you took that away. Oh, well, you're also <laughs> on a roof, so you're pretty you're pretty far away. <laughs> yeah, I'd say you're out of melee range at that point. Uh, uh, Gatsby got 13 minus 1 for a 12. Okay, that misses. And I'm going to save my reaction. I won't do an op attack. Oh, okay, cool. All right, they retreat to him. And they just kind of set in a defensive stance, and that's their turn. And so next will be Pugsley. Oh, right. Hey, Pugsley, Pugsley, I have a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah, I'm all ears. Oh, well, that's strange. I thought you were at least uh, one, one, two arms, two legs. Not entirely all ears, I must say. But would you, would you mechanically mind um, delaying your turn? 
suggestion to let me do a really funny thing. I will allow it. Excellent. You, you won't regret it, I promise. Okay. Okay. So he delays his turn, and now it is Gatsby's turn. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. And now he's um, going to regret it. <laughs> uh, Gatsby is going to cast Arcane Gate. All right. Which is a six-level spell. Tell me about that. So um, I create linked teleportation portals. So um, because this is a concentration one, the, uh, the black tentacles recede back into Daisy, and then I give her another squeeze, and two, two different portals appear. Um, see, uh, actually, I will have to move a little bit because the first one has to be within 10 feet of me, so I, can, okay. I will move further up to allow that. But the other one is within 500 feet of me. So what we're going to do is create one portal underneath all of them because it's a 10-foot diameter, and if each one each one of the hellhounds is five feet away from mm-hmm. um, our main guy, that'll be a 10-foot diameter in total. Yes. That, that one is going underneath them. The other one is going 500 feet in the air. All right. Is it directly above the first portal, like an infinite kind of falling thing, or is it oh, offset? Yeah, I think we'll do infinite. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, and I assume there's no save or anything? It's just, that's what nope. happens? It's just creating portals. All right. So, portals created. Uh, you see a look of horror cross the face of Warmir as him, uh, his three existing hellhounds, uh, two of which are blinded, but they can follow his voice. That's what they were able to, to come back to him. Just start falling through the ground, appear in the air, accelerate, fall into the portal again, and repeat over and over. And you hear a shouting from him. And the, the, the hellhounds don't seem to be bothered by it. They're just falling and like, yep, this is happening. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're uh, Wormier screaming for his life. Now, Pugsley, have you ever been in clay pigeon shooting? I um, actually yes. This is this is perfect. This will yes, um, you, help me bust some, skills. You've got some moving targets. I thought you might appreciate it. I very much appreciate it. I'm probably not going to hit them, but I'll give it a shot. Get that? Oh, give I'm it sure you'll be fine. You've got um, you've got ten minutes. <laughs> at which point the spell ends and they smush onto the ground. All right. Well, I think I have enough arrows. All right. I'm going to say they're moving pretty fast. So I'm going to impose disadvantage on you just because it's a very difficult shot. That's all right. I got a plus 11 to my bow. Perfect. I've re-rolled previously, but I'll re-roll again. <laughs> oh, that's going to hit. That's a 29. That hits for sure. Wow. I'm going to impose uh, Fury of the Small. Oh, before you do that, who are you hitting? Um, I'm going for the most damaged um, Hellhound. Okay, got it. So that is a 10 plus 5, 15. All right. Uh, the second one. He is toast. You, you see it explode into fiery sparks. So this one's going to go towards um, the man. Okay. Uh, it's a 17. That hits. And I'm going to use uh, Shadow Bolt. Uh, so when I fire, you notice like a purple kind of glowy shadow uh, appear on the tip of the arrow and I shoot him and it's a 10 damage for the piercing aspect of it and sorry why did you do that 
and then four shadow damage, and he has to make a wisdom saving throw of 14. All right. Uh, he gets an 11 and fails. So what happens? So now he can't see himself falling infinitely for the next, um, until the start of my next turn. Okay. So he just thinks he's on stable ground? Yes. He can only see up to five feet of himself. <laughs> uh, five feet away from himself. Nice. Okay, cool. And then my third shot, sorry, this is taking a little bit no, there. No problem That's going to be all. on the other dog. And that was a nat 20. So 31 total. Wow. Uh, that one just manages to wipe out all of its health and explode similarly to the one you had shot first. So is there gore and visceral now just continuously raining down? Yeah. Well, it explodes out. So some oh. of it goes down, but some of it just kind of um, lands on the roof, lands on neighbors' houses, lands on the, the dome structure in the middle, and it's hot. So some of it kindles into a fire, some of it just uh, doesn't. It's just like a, a fireplace spark. Hey, sorry. Um, oh, I did it. Oh, no, you did very well. And don't worry, arson is all part of the job description. You know, normally I charge two gold for that. <laughs> well, it'd be certainly worth it. All right. Uh, are you going to move at all, or is that your turn? Um, no, I'll stay where I am. Okay. So in that case, it is Rooney's turn. What you have, just to set the scene, you have one guy who doesn't know he's falling, but is falling. I'm, I'm, through... he, he knows he's falling. He, he started falling before. But the problem is he got shot by that arrow, and he can't see five feet beyond himself, so he's not you sure what's happening. You can, you can still feel the inertia. Oh, I guess that's true. The wind is blowing on the, him. The wind is still kind of... <laughs> so he is screaming in, an, in a higher octave now. And then there is one blinded hellhound uh, in full health falling alongside him. Uh, I guess I'll just cast Magic Missile at the hellhound. Okay. Um, I'm sure we'll see like it following and like getting closer and closer as it like loops along with them. Um, but then I'd like to just go over and do like a quick inspection of the door. Like I, I kind of feel like the, you know, the threat is somewhat abated at this point. The door that he was at, you mean? Yes. Okay. So there is a giant portal in front of that door currently. Oh, okay. So you can from a distance if you'd like, or. Is there a back please? door? Uh, you can go around and check, but that yeah. would, I think, use up all your movement. There is no other door there. Okay. Uh, magic missile. How much damage does that provide? It's three missiles, right? Yeah, it's three missiles at 1d4 plus one. So, oh, two damage for six missiles. So. <laughs> for six missiles? Or six, so 12 sorry, not six. Um, oh, for six damage total, I see. Yeah, for six damage total. Okay. So what you see is the magic missiles try to follow them down and hit them. But then they reappear at the top, and then you see them kind of confused going up and down trying to... And then eventually it, it collides with the dog, and he's damaged, but he's not... It, it's more of an inconvenience for him at this point. Dang. All right, we're back at the top. Jenny. Jenny's going to grab her popcorn, sit down, and just watch. From the bar? Okay. No, from the top of the roof. No, but I mean, you got the popcorn at the bar, if I recall. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, any encouraging words for your friends or anything? Or Nope. All right. You're just <laughs> chilling and enjoying yourself. Uh, it is their turn. Uh, there is nothing they can do. They're falling. They're not um, 
uh, Warmir pleads for his life, and he says, "Please stop! I, I could, uh, I could reward you. Just please let me go." And of course, there's a Doppler effect to all of that as he's falling. <laughs> Naturally. And so yeah. that's that's his turn. You can choose to respond or not, but it is Pugsley's turn. Um, what do you think? Should I go again or? Oh, really? If you're fancying other shots, then you are more than welcome. Grandpa, it's not worth it. Here's some popcorn. Once that the portal goes away, he's going to go splat. I'll sit down beside my granddaughter and eat some popcorn. <laughs> we'll share a nice moment together. All right, you you try to put your arm around Jenny, but you're so small and she's so large relatively that you just kind of, it looks like you're just touching her leg. Oh, Jenny puts a wing around him. Oh, excellent. Oh, if it rains, I'll stay dry. You're so nice. Or if there's any more uh, hellhound goo, right? <laughs> All right, if that's your turn, then it is now uh, Gatsby's turn. Uh, Gatsby is going to shout up and down, I guess. Well, shout with the movement and uh, say, Well, the good news is we can free you from this. One of us will be able to cast Featherfall on you. However, it, before we do that, you must tell us you know, resolve the information plots of this adventure for me. <laughs> I, you see him nodding furiously. No, no, you tell me now. While he's falling? Yeah. Oh, he can see uh, more than five feet now as well. Okay. So, well, he can hear, and uh, and since um, Gatsby is kind of moving his head along the, the, the flight path, his his words are very clear, and... What it's a little bit muffled because of the wind and everything, but what you end up getting is he's smuggling diamonds in the stomachs of pythons because there's an embargo against diamonds, but not against pythons, and pythons digest very slowly, and so he stuffs the pythons with diamonds, brings them in, and makes a 20x profit from their normal amount. That's animal abuse. And now, the pythons don't seem to mind, as far as he's concerned. And pythons can't digest diamond, so well, the amount of time it takes is not a really a factor. Looks like uh, the diamonds are in perfect shape, then. Uh, then we'll also ask about um, any connection <laughs> to the bakery across the road. Just want to see. Yeah, um, or in Yeah, and all that general jazz. And we're, he doesn't um, know... I, I, I also forgot that Gatsby is technically telepathic, so we can ask all this. Oh, <laughs> just, uh, just, oh perfect. Yeah. And it's much more clear what you hear. And so um, he doesn't know who Improbus is. Uh, he doesn't know really much about the bakery. He does know that um, there was a tabaxi journalist that was kind of getting in his business that he wanted gone. And so he went to his friend Tony to see if Tony could help. Okay, so that all ties together fairly neatly. Um, now I've got some bad news. <laughs> I don't know Featherfall. <laughs> you you hear a scream, a telepathic scream enter your mind. At, at this point, Rooney will just be like, hey, Gatsby, yeah, I can just go like fly and get him and, and then... Ah, uh, no. No? It's okay. We, no, it's okay. We can just toss him through the hole. Okay. <laughs> well, you'd, ha you'd have to scoop him up first. Oh, we got shovels. Uh, I, oh, 
Okay. Oh my gosh. If you really want to, I, I can literally just go and fly and like no, fall no, with no, him no, don't, and then don't catch worry him. About it. Don't, no, it's okay. So don't worry about it. Anyway, I've always wanted to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the fun things about that spell, which is called Arcane Gate, is that I can use part of like um, on my turn, I can rotate the rings. Oh, okay. So I can rotate that top ring to point at whatever I want. So I'm thinking either we point it... Uh, I'll take a vote on this one. Either we point it at the glass dome, so when he pings out of it, it'll just oh. smash Was the dome glass? And, uh, it was... I don't think I mentioned it's stone. It's just like a stone building, but it's okay. It's so a he's dome. not gonna he's gonna not gonna smash through it. Otherwise, we point it forty five degrees up at the sky, and see how far he goes. Forty five degrees. Forty five degrees. Forty five degrees. Yeah. Well, Nick Nick and oh, by the ocean. He he might survive if we point him in that direction. I mean, no. Oh, you but... no. You already agreed. Too late. <laughs> well, he said it was a vote, so. And she said, yeah, first. Yeah, I think probably <laughs> shooting it into the sky is probably better than splatting him against the stone. Well, he's going to go splat either way. That's the fun part. That um, the top one is 500 feet in the air, right? Yep. Yeah. So if you, like, completely turn it around and at 45 degrees, he's going to go, like, up still more and then over. Correct? Yeah. So I, oh. I've, um, I've, I've put the numbers into a... A calculator <laughs> already pre-planned this it's the only thing i pre-plan is projectile motion <laughs> uh so 45 degrees launching um initial height is 500 feet um it, uh, terminal velocity for a human being is about 200 kilometers an hour or 120 miles an hour so pointed at the ocean because you know nikamoy's on the on the beach um, he will travel 427 meters. <laughs> oh my god! Um, uh, well, that, that's—I uh, think we're ignoring air resistance, but that's fine. It's magic. So 419 uh, just, instead. Uh, hang on, let me just translate it into feet. For okay, um, 1400 feet. He Holy will, smokes! He, he will travel before smacking into the water and presumably dying. <laughs> Oh yeah, All right. he's traveling at terminal velocity when he hits that water. It's like hitting a brick wall. He is dead. So he is tumbling. Uh, as you shift the angle of the gate, while he's falling, you shift it so that he goes up and out toward the ocean. He's uh, tumbling head over heels as he's flying through the air, still screaming. And you're you're amazed at this guy's persistent lung capacity. Just ah as he he goes and the hellhound again not not really bothered he's just like oh okay i'm flying through the air now uh they both crash for 1400 uh feet away and um or that was yeah is that half a kilometer effectively uh yes more or less okay and so they land in the water um the impact of the water kills waramir but you never are able to recover his body. And same thing with the hellhound. And so they're they're gone. So any thoughts of putting him back through the the portal, it is now impossible. Um, and so we'll drop out of initiative. Uh, we have two folks on the roof eating popcorn. Uh, two folks by the doorway. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Rooney is now behind the, the domed building. 
and Gatsby is, I believe, 10 feet away from the front of the building with a giant portal in front of you between you and the, the, the domed building. Now, quick question. Does anyone else want to go? No. I'm good this time. No, are you sure? Okay. Well, if you can lower it by, you know... Oh, no, I can totally lower it. Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Like, like 10 feet off the ground. Then I'll have a go. Yeah, okay. So I'll lower one of the that, that top portal down to about 10 feet off the ground. And Jenny jumps through. Be careful, yeah. honey. <laughs> You're such a loving grandpa. <laughs> so Jenny jumps off the roof into the portal, reappears at the upper portal at a 45-degree angle, is able to sail over the domed building, and is uh, coming to crash upon Rooney. But Rooney sees this, and Hi, I need Rooney. you to make a dexterity a dexterity saving throw. Oh, boy. That's a 15. You barely get out of the way in time. You're able to kind of tumble out of the way right as Jenny, with her full force, comes crashing down next to you. And and she is jubilant and excited because she just got to effectively ride a ride and is like, wee! That was <laughs> but fun. You, you gotta try you, it. <laughs> you escaped with your life. Uh, you and, know, I think I'm good, Jenny. I'm glad you had fun, though. Grandpa, your turn! I'll, uh, you know, these old bones. Do it! <laughs> yes, sweetie, of course. <laughs> and, uh, he'll jump in, also. All right, you jump in, but because, um, you're lighter, the acceleration isn't as great, and so... It manages to launch you directly. You're on the very tip top of the dome. And so you, you land with a... I guess you should also make a dexterity saving throw because you're on a, a curved surface. All right. I'll catch you. I'll catch you. Uh, it's a 22. Oh, you land with grace and you're, you're right on the top. And then uh, you can wave at, if you choose, to wave at your compatriots inside. Um, where you land... There is a, a skylight right below you, and you manage to crack it slightly, but it still has integrity. But as you look down, you see a mountain of diamonds inside the dome. Um, honey? Yeah? I have something really nice for you. <gasps> really? Yeah, we just got to get in this building. Oh, that's easy. Gatsby, turn off the portal. I'm going in. What, does that turn off the portal or turn on the portal? Off. Gatsby, I think you like this very much as well. I'm, I'm sure I would. Okay, I would, I would turn off the portal. You're sure you don't want to go, Rooney? It's, it seems very fun. I'm fine for now, thank you, though. Actually, give me one second. I will just um, move that top portal again just to 90 degrees directly above the skylight so we can all just hop in that, hop in the bottom portal and land on top of it. Jenny Cannonballs. Oh, yes. You cannonball first and smash it. Oh, I'm yes, going to get out the way first. <laughs> <laughs> so as Jenny jumps through, she crashes through the skylight, but dexterously, uh, Pugsley's able to somehow jump and curve out and around, but then on top of Jenny, uh, pursuing her down into the, the the domed structure, and you land. It's a, it's a little bit rough of a landing, but since the diamonds are smaller... It's kind of almost like a sandbag effect. You kind of come crashing down and all these glittering diamonds smooth out uh, all around you. Oh, Grandpa was wrong. There's nothing in here. You don't have, guys don't have to come in. Shut up, Grandpa. Just let me have this. <laughs> all right, sweetie. All right. Um, 
Are you going to put any of these diamonds into your pack? I assume, Jenny? As many as I can if I can get away with it. Uh, th- th- there's no one stopping you. So there's approximately... I want to say it's on the order of like 150 gold, 150,000 gold uh, street value of diamonds. Uh, they would be worth less, but because there's an embargo, there's there's an inflated price on them. So you're able to just put them all in your pack. I can't spend them anyway since there's an embargo. Right. Well, I'm sure there are fences. You, you're a you're a rogue. You can you can find somebody. <laughs> So you're able to also, uh, the door opens easily from the inside, so you're able to exit the dome, and then you reunite with um, Rooney and Gatsby, and uh, they they saw the, um, you, you see, as you reunite with them, Felix and Alette come to the back of the, the pet shop because they saw the portal business, like it was very obvious what was happening, and they saw the owner <laughs> launched screaming. into the ocean and they come over wide-eyed like, what happened? He got rowdy. Well, uh, your issue is taken care of. No one's going to be going after you anymore, Alette. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, can you tell me the details of uh, what happened? I would like to write it in the newspaper. That's between you uh, and Gatsby. I, I, think, I think not. I think this is my, my scoop. I, you helped, of course, but it was my initial investigation that led us here. Well, it may have been your initial investigation, but uh, your initial investigation went absolutely nowhere and got you killed. Uh, that is true. How about we share the byline with you in the lead? You get the first place. Well, how about we go and discuss it down in that basement with the rewind machine? That will <laughs> that works for me, uh, Felix. Is that okay with you? And Felix says, uh, yes, of course, anything for you, my dear. And you see them reach their hands to each other and hold hands in a way that they hadn't before. And um, you can tell that as they were at the bakery, they, they must have had some conversation that was very meaningful. And they're now very uh, open with their affection toward each other. And as you walk back to the bakery toward the back where the portal is, um, Alette, you can hear Alette talking to uh, Felix. And he said, uh, you do not have to pretend anymore that you are something you are not. My, my grandmother tell me a saying that is very important that you should hear. It, is, it goes like this. It is, um, don't be afraid to become unmade. Your true self is not to be hidden. When we share who we are, it's much better by far. It is fear that should be forbidden. And as Felix hears these words, he internalizes that he's been using this portal to enrich himself or make a name for himself in a way that was not him. And he understands that who he is is far more than that. He doesn't have to pretend to be something he's not, but he can just be Felix. And he's like, I I understand, my dear. I want to live in the truth. I no longer want to believe the lie that I am something I am not. And the first truth that I know is that I love you and that you love me. Let us join our lives together, and I will help you seek whatever whatever truth that you are pursuing. I will be by your side. I'm so happy to have you in my life. And you're walking toward the portal, and then he's like, uh, Adventurers, I cannot thank you enough. I have very little money to offer, but uh, I, I can... Ha- I do not know how to move the portal, but the portal is at your disposal whenever you need. Um, 
thank you. Thank you for bringing me the love of my life and helping me to realize what the truth is. You are very welcome. And don't worry, we'll move that portal just as soon as I get the nerds in. Now, how long uh, have but, you been but, lit, working on this story? So, you know, we know how many times. I'm sorry? How long have you been working on this story? Uh, what do you mean? I do not understand. Your investigation into the story? Oh, Alette. Um, well, it. Uh, I've been working on it for about a month. Okay. And, uh, so 30 times, Gatsby. Okay, thank <laughs> oh you. Oh my gosh. No, Felix, re asking. Felix refuses. Like, he's like, no, we will not use the portal uh, to erase memories. Uh, we will use it for good. Um, if you refuse, there may be problems. Uh, I, of course, cannot outmatch you in your strength and your cunning, but know that the truth will come out. Of course, of course. And then telepathically, I say to Jenny, we'll come back tonight when they're asleep. Absolutely. This story is mine. Oh, don't forget the expose on the uh, bakery guild leader, too. Oh, that exactly. Can be yeah, like, your own. Hey, there's a, there's a lot of money in this sort of thing. That's all. That's all. Uh, I, will, I will split it, obviously, you know, 75, 25. So, speaking of which, I think we've come to the conclusion of the story. Uh, as an epilogue, uh, you were able to uncover the smuggling operation and put that to an end. And so that was controlled by the Safiosi. And since now they're. Uh, import of diamonds has been halted their ability to do nefarious deeds has been slowed because they don't have as much funding uh you were able to bring alette back and she was able to expose uh the truth about both tony and the um improbus and him trying to frame felix uh it's worded differently like alette writes an expose about what what the Baker's Guild is up to and why they're trying to undermine people. Uh, Felix decides to step away for his safety and the safety of those he loves, but Improbus is um, brought up on charges and in disgrace, he steps down as head of the Baker's Guild. And then, of course, Waramir is never to be heard from again. And uh, Jenny is super rich. <laughs> I mean, she was already. Right. And so I'll let you determine how you split the funds there. Uh, but all of you got the upfront money from Improbus, but you do not get, even though you accomplished your mission. No, actually, I'll say that uh, the story that Alette sends out is delayed such that you do get compensation because Felix agrees not to be a baker anymore. And so he's not in the picture. Improbus pays you the remainder of the sum. But then the expose comes out and he, then he's taken down. So you get the money from accomplishing the mission jenny gets the money from uh taking the illegal diamonds and uh justice prevails so great job everybody that was well, wild ju justice is fine we we want the money i'm a true adventurer now and i'll have a lovely granddaughter to boot it's fine yes and you, you do you still think it's Tuesday. Like, that's kind of the one thing you're still tr struggling with. You're two, behind, two yeah, days behind for, everybody else. For the else. rest of your life, you'll be two days behind. Yeah. Or that's it'll always be Tuesday. Forever. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. We haven't tested the portal enough. All right. Well, today, uh, we were joined by Rooney. Well, happy ending, I guess. <laughs> Pugsley. Is it Wednesday yet? Never. Gatsby. No, it's not Wednesday. Um, it's 
whatever. It's it's actually a Saturday, believe it or not. And special guest Jenny. My horde grows. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Hi, I'm Todd Van Allen, award-winning comedian and podcaster and host of the Comedy Above the Pub podcast. For over 15 years, my producer Darcy and I have talked to comedians, musicians, actors, politicians, a doctor even turned up in there for some reason. But all of our guests have one thing in common. They all have a funny story to tell. So listen to Cat P for free wherever you get your podcasts or for full video episodes and bonus content every week. Go to patreon.com slash CATP podcast. When you listen to Cat P, you're in for a good time. Hello, my name is Dan, and I'm one of the hosts of Netflix and Swill, an independent fan podcast all about the streaming service Netflix. If you ever want to know what content to watch next, or just want to know what's going on with Netflix in general, we cover all of that with our own unique brand of humor, and I think it's something you'll really enjoy. If that sounds like something that interests you, please check us out at NetflixandSwill.com or on your podcast app of choice.